Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 79 of Thirst and Goal. It is 4th of July weekend, and you may hear some explosions in the background. They've been going off for the past month, but tonight they are definitely ramping up, and you can hear them going off. There will be some explosions tonight, and not as a result of the stomach issues I had this past week. (laughs) TMI. (laughs) Exactly. Definitely TMI. Uh, but good to know, Ben. Exactly. Good to know. <laughs> uh, Friday, how are you doing over there? How was your week leading up to the 4th of July? It was all right, Ben. It was all right. I think I was uh, just waiting for the three-day weekend. And so, uh, you know, the week sort of dragged. Even though it was four days, it really felt like five. What about you? I concur. Uh, it was four and a half days, give or take. Uh, felt like, you know, more than that. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Felt like more than that. Uh, today was a little hot, uh, out here in it's still hot. beautiful I mean, right Southern now it's California. still about 80 some degrees outside. It's still a warm night. This is probably the warmest night so far this year. I mean, obviously we're out here in the winter, spring, summer. Ben, we're always out here in the elements where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. But today it's, it's definitely warm out here and it's just about nine o'clock and we're a day early. We usually, uh, record this podcast on Saturday and it's Friday. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we'll be hanging out by the pool, Ben, on the 4th of July. We figured, you know, why not do the podcast tonight, tomorrow? There will probably be even more fireworks than tonight. It'll be crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, it, it, I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but here in the valley in uh, in the county of L.A., it goes. I mean, it's it goes off. Yeah, they, the two holidays they take very seriously: uh, Halloween and Fourth <laughs> of July. In fact, I saw multiple Halloween stores already opening uh, around uh, the Southern California area just this past week. Uh, so for all you podcasters that stay inside where it's safe in your comfortable homes or studios, uh, come outside and record your podcast with the rest of us. <laughs> all right, Franny, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, you know, I, I killed off that bottle of redemption. That's the first thing I drank while we were, uh, pre-gaming before, uh, the podcast. So I killed that one off. We got to make room for more, uh, alcohol, uh, cause we're, we're running out of room in that corner. I yeah, mean, that's we, true. We, <laughs> that's we have, true. Uh, we have a little bit of a stash. Uh, and so I, I switched over to Templeton Rye. So Templeton Rye and Coke. Uh, it is a very good, good mix. Oh, for sure. What about you, Ben? I am taking it old school again. Uh, drinking a little bit of the Tangare and Tonic. Just about actually to kill off the bottle of Aviation American Style Gin. Uh, but I'll be moving to the Tangare old school. And I don't know if Frane checked in the official Thirst and Goal cooler. Uh, but there are oh, I some big boy cans I saw it. of Pabst Blue Ribbon. It doesn't get any more American than that. Unfortunately. And that is as old school as it gets for a can of beer, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. Franny will be and trying also, a little PBR. Yeah, tonight. something I've also never tried. I've never had PBR. Uh, also, you know, that Miller, that was the first time I had Miller. Uh, and then also the Fosters was another one. So all these beers, uh, that were huge in your childhood, Ben, that you, well, not childhood. You weren't a child. You were a little bit older in your, your teens and early twenties. These were the That's beers fair. that you were drinking. And, uh, it's not something I really got into. You know, I never, I never actually 
I didn't come from a little small town where it was popular. You know, I, I just, you know, I drank the other stuff like, you know, Heineken or something. Well, in fairness to common, to but... uh, to my small town upbringing, <laughs> it, it, Friday's a little bit younger than me. So in the, the you know, the early 80s, there weren't a lot of uh, microbrews Craft for beers. any of us to choose from, <laughs> even if we wanted to. And definitely couldn't afford Heineken back then. Uh, so you're saying you've never had a Matt's beer ball? I don't even know what that is. Uh, there were beer balls back in the 80s and 90s. They probably still make them. It's essentially uh, a large, clear ball uh-huh. made out of plexiglass uh-huh. uh, that is filled with probably about four gallons of beer. Wow. And it comes with its own tap and, and a big box. And you just you drag it out to the woods. You know, you throw it on ice. And it's essentially a little mini keg, uh, but it was disposable. And they came in the worst possible beers like Matt's. <laughs> Or, uh, Pabst or, you know, Miller, but they, they came in a, I think there, maybe there was even a Stroh's, uh, beer ball. I don't even know what Stroh's is. It's, uh, it'll get you drunk. It'll, it'll send you to the bathroom, to the, to the <laughs> tree in the woods fairly often. Uh, but yeah, so Friday was lucky enough to grow up when, uh, beer well, selection I, was a little bit. I didn't grow better. up in the, I didn't grow up near the woods though. I never partied in the woods. Uh, but I'm sure if there were woods around here, uh, at least near, I mean, there are some, if you drive out and you, and you make an attempt to find some, they're, they're there. Uh, but you know, I, I didn't seek them out and hang out in the woods with four gallons of beer in a plexiglass uh, <laughs> container. But you would have had you grown <laughs> I, up I, there. I, I probably would. I probably would. Yeah, you start I, I a little would've. fire. You I know. probably would steer clear from beers in plexiglass containers though <laughs> but uh, maybe they still exist maybe they still exist from Beer other balls probably do. You know, other other folks out there that you know are growing up in small towns i'm sure that's you know that's how they get their uh their beer intake yeah I mean, it's 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 essentially you know as it's an easier way to transport i'm not gonna poo beer. it you know it sounds <laughs> like it sounds enjoyable you know carrying cases of beer uh so we you know back then we would drink either we would take a beer ball one of those mid eh, i should say i did take it up a notch we had a grolsch Mini kegs. Oh, they had the little Grolsch mini kegs. That's fancy. I don't know if you've ever seen one of them because of a little tap. No, uh, but I mean, I know Grolsch, but yeah. It's uh, probably, probably almost, uh, almost a case of beer in a, in a mini keg. So we would, one of us would take, you know, one of each mm-hmm. into the woods and we would drink, uh, or by the river. Sorry, by the, by the, by cr- the river. By we the would crick. also, we'd also go to the river or the lake. Or the creek. Uh, we had lakes and rivers as well. Uh, so we would take the Grolsch, uh, mini keg <laughs> to the river or, uh, this is actually before your time as well, but there was a, for a while there, Molson up in Canada had 11.5 ounce twist off bottles. You could get a case of them for like 9.99 back then. Foreign beer, fancy. Yeah. Wow. And then, so we, one of us, we would take a case of 11.5 ounces out, you know, out to the lake, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, to the lake or to the creek <laughs> or to the, to the mountains. We also went to the mountains. Yeah, this is bringing back some good memories. I know, seriously. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, you know, we, we, upstate New York is actually a very beautiful, beautiful place. Rolling hills, that is woods, true. lakes, cricks, everything over Lots there. Lots of places to drink <laughs> uh, without running into the police. Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, we have our NFL news. We also have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters, fellow football uh, podcasters. We also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben's Steelers, my Eagles and Sonya's Seahawks. I don't know if Sonya's going to make it onto the podcast tonight. 
It's a hit and miss. Maybe she will. Maybe she will. Mostly a miss. (laughs) And we also have our feel-good story. Ben always has those feel-good stories. We also have our shot of the week, which is in honor of the 4th of July weekend. It is red, white, and blue, and it looks delicious. And we've dubbed it the cherry popper. Very nice. And we also have our beverage of the week, which is a bourbon. We're going all-American. Uh, we have the bourbon is the Charles Goodnight 100 proof Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. We also have our beer, which is Lagunitas. Lagunitas. That's what it is. Lagunitas. And so also an American offering. And we also have our housekeeping to finish up the show. All right, Friday. What's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news, which I am seeing for the first time. Yes, that is true. I finished <laughs> up the agenda a little bit late yep. this week, uh, starting starting the show a day early and uh, kind of throws a, you off. It was a busy week, uh, but we do have some huge <laughs> NFL news. This is about <laughs> as big as it gets for Friday's favorite sound effect. I love that. Cam Newton to the Patriots. Philadelphia Eagles. I wouldn't mind. To the Patriots for the price of a couple Teslas. This was an amazing deal. Uh, it appears that the new England Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick, will be adding another NFL most valuable player to his quarterback room. The Patriots have agreed to a one-year deal worth up to $7.5 million with free agent Cameron Newton. The contract is a steal. One year. 1.05 minimum base, just 550k guaranteed at signing, up to 6.45 million in incentives and no clause restricting a 2021 franchise tag. The Patriots get a former MVP for most, for less than most folks, pay a backup offensive lineman. Cam Newton said, I'm excited as I don't know what right now. All praise to God. Dropping content tomorrow. I hope you're ready. Let's go, Pats. Newton posted on Instagram late Sunday night, and he later posted, it's not about lots of things money cannot buy, but amongst the top of that list of things that it can't buy, you would find respect as one of those. Uh, This is not about money for me. It's about Respect. Uh, Newton had played all nine of his previous seasons with the Carolina Panthers, who drafted him with the number one overall pick in 2011. Uh, the 31-year-old passed for just 29,041 yards in his pro career with 182 touchdowns and 108 interceptions. He has also rushed for 4,806 yards, 58, uh, 58 scores on the ground. Uh, Newton has made three Pro Bowls, was named the MVP five years ago uh, in 2015 while leading Carolina to a 14-0 start in a Super Bowl appearance. The man to last call plays for Newton in Carolina, Norv, don't call me Norv, Turner views Cam Newton in in New England as a pairing that can shine. Kevin Patra of NFL.com reported, Turner told Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated that he spoke with Coach Bill Belichick earlier this offseason and provided a glowing review of Cam. My whole deal is when Cam was healthy and there were just, and we were with him in 2018, we were six and two, Norv Turner said. Just look at the tape. Played his ass off. His issues was more than health or more health than anything else. And from what I understand, I don't think there's are health issues that he can't overcome. He's had a lot of time off now. I think he'll be great. Franny, what say you about Man. Cameron Newton? $550,000. 
is all the Patriots are out of pocket if they cut him yeah. during the season. Yeah, what a bargain, though. What a bargain. I mean, I can't believe there's another team out there. Maybe, or maybe he was just willing to sign with the Patriots because they're the Patriots and he has the best coach there. Not necessarily, you know, the best team around him, but he's, uh, Belichick seems to take the players that he has and, and, and makes them better yeah, than yeah, they yeah. really are. I mean, he does a really good job with that, obviously. Um, but you know, obviously, there's also the question about health. How healthy is Cam Newton right now? The last time we saw him in, you know, Carolina, he was struggling to throw the ball downfield. Um, he's a physical runner. Um, you know, he, he is Superman, but when you're a Superman in this league, you get beat up quite a bit. And he's more like uh, the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman. Uh, uh, <laughs> who throws cellophane at yeah, people the, to the first, stop them. The first few years yeah. he was definitely Superman, but uh you know, he wasn't Superman towards the end of his career in uh, in Carolina, but if he could still bring that same intensity, uh that sl- that same athleticism uh to the Patriots, then uh Stidham might have to sit on the bench because Cam Newton is a proven product in the NFL, whereas Stidham has thrown what four or five passes all together yep. for like fifty yards. Uh, so he 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 doesn't have a very long track record there. Uh, but Cam Newton, if he is healthy, if he is feeling good, damn, five hundred thousand dollars is really yeah really amazing. And at the outside, uh, eight million dollars that probably means a Pro Bowl appearance. It probably means a playoff appearance. It probably means throwing for you know four thousand yards. There's a whole there's no way they're going to pay him more than four or five million dollars. This year, upset with myself. Can't believe we didn't see this coming. Right. Uh, you knew the Patriots, even though we talked about Jared Stidham last couple episodes. Uh, we should have seen this coming from a mile away that Bill Belichick. Oh, no, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. You, you, you said it. I, I don't, I, I think it was, uh, one of our remotely re- recorded podcasts, uh, where you said you wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots signed Cam and here he is. He's with the Patriots and how many teams out there right now are kicking themselves in the ass because they didn't sign him for this? I know he was asking for more before. Um, but you know, there's plenty of teams out there that could definitely use a quarterback and you know, Cam Newton. If he can go back to the old cam, this is scary. Yeah, and I don't know how many offers he got. I'm sure he had multiple offers, uh, or he, maybe he didn't. You know, who knows? Uh, but but Franny mentioned if he if 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 he yeah. can go back to his prior form, still hasn't fixed his mechanics, still hasn't you know tweaked his aggressive running style uh, at the quarterback position. Does have a, a significant, not an insignificant, a significant history of pretty profound types of injuries over the last few years of his career. So if he can conform himself to the Belichick offense, clearly they could, I mean, clearly this is an upgrade at the very least at the backup quarterback position. If they decide to roll with Stidham, mm-hmm. uh, it just I mean, who it blows my mind. If, blo- if, I would if roll with Cam yeah, right I, away. I would, me too. me too. If he's healthy and, and you see him launching the ball down the field and he doesn't have any shoulder issues like he had in Carolina towards the end there, I would start him right away. Yeah, start. I mean, I, mean, I think it'd be crazy not yeah, to. You talk about his mechanics, but he brings so much more on the ground yeah. too. I mean, this is something that Belichick hasn't had with uh, with Brady over the last twenty years. Um, you know, it, just a, a, a ground threat. You know, at, at quarterback, and I want to see how he would be utilized with Belichick. You know, you see what Harbaugh did when he went from Flacco uh, to uh, to Lamar Jackson. You know, a, a prototypical you know pocket passer to you know a running threat, but also he has a pretty good arm yep. as well. Um, but you know, he changed the whole offense uh, to you know to uh, to help uh, Lamar. Lamar. Uh, excel and you know we'll see we'll see you know if, if cam has you know the same sort of effect on bill yeah i mean if you heard that loud thump 
in Foxborough in the Boston area this past week. That was Josh McDaniel throwing his old playbook out his window and slamming off the concrete uh, because he will have to rewrite that playbook fairly significantly. So, I, I mean, I agree with Ronnie. I'm really curious to see how they go about yeah. calling plays for Cam Newton to keep him healthy and to keep him upright in the pocket. Uh, it, it could not be any more different, the two quarterbacks that they that they roll with for the last 20, 20 years, and now Cam Newton. He has played this way you know, ever since he essentially single-handedly led Auburn to a national championship. He was unstoppable at the quarterback position at 18 years old or 20 years old, whatever he was back then. Uh, I mean, it's pretty it's uh, we should have seen it coming mm-hmm. we should have mm-hmm. seen it coming uh, i mean i disagree that money can't buy respect he obviously has doesn't you know understand the country that he's living in if there's anything in this country that engenders respect uh just for the sake of it it is someone that has a ton of money turn on your television screen and listen to who's on your television screen uh a lot of us are a lot smarter than a lot of folks that are on there that have you know large sums of money so money can in fact buy respect at least in this country uh, so maybe he's, you know, trying to prove a point. Not sure exactly. Uh, but I can't believe that, that, that all the teams out there that have quarterback issues, that have starting quarterback issues. I mean, Chicago, for example. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I know they have a lot of money tied up in their quarterback position, but if you could get Cam Newton for $7 million top end, uh, or even the million bills. dollars low end, even the bills. Yeah. yeah mean, even they, the bills. They're not, they're not paying, uh, what's his face? Josh Allen. Yeah, they're not paying Josh Allen a ton of money right now. He's still on his rookie contract. I mean, you get a, you get a one year rental with Cam and I, I, if Cam is healthy and there's, that's always the big question. If he is healthy, you know, he's, he's better than Allen for sure. Oh, for sure. And he's, he was probably promised, you know, at least an opportunity to compete for the starting position. That might not have been true, you know, for some of these other teams that are out there, uh, looking for an upgrade at quarterback. But just like the draft showed us back in March, there aren't a lot of teams in search of quarterbacks. They're, you know, most folks either have their starter, uh, they sign their starter this offseason, or they're, you know, perfectly happy uh, with the complement yeah. of quarterbacks that they have. You Even, saw a lot of quarterbacks drop down. You saw the Eagles were able to grab up, um, Hurts. you know, Jalen Hurts. The Packers were able to make a move as well way later than folks expected their quarterbacks had dropped all the way to the fourth round that people thought would go in the first, you know, first round or second round. So, you know, for some odd reason, the most important position on the field does not appear to be a priority for a lot of teams that yeah. don't have Even what the, I would consider top 10 quarterbacks. The Redskins too, another team yeah. that are, they have, I don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be this year, but it could have been Cam. I'm not sure if Cam would have really necessarily wanted to play on that particular team. Um, but it looks like he was willing to go to the Patriots. Well, it might not be that the team might, the team name may change by the time we yeah, roll around yeah. to, the, to the, even Dan Snyder's like, you know, giving in at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're rolling with God, uh, Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who again, by all accounts, you know, people that are watching him that are preparing with him right now. Uh, by all accounts, people believe in him. Didn't show a lot of maturity last year. Uh, but certainly Cam Newton as a mentor to someone like Dwayne Haskins, given what Cam has been through in his career, the injuries, the adversity, uh, the having to carry the team, he probably could have been a pretty good mentor to someone like Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, who could say no to going to play with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in New England? I mean, that, that really, we should have saw it coming. 
I, I don't you? even know yeah. why we were even entertaining the fact that Jared Stidham was going to start for the Patriots. I mean, you still, you, I mean, you still don't know. I mean, technically, you still don't know. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it all depends on you know how healthy he is. I mean, uh, I saw a picture today. I think it was on Instagram with. Uh, with Cam unloading his uh, his stuff into whatever his new house, and he looked like he was in pretty oh, darn he, good yeah. shape. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but, he does. You know, it really just depends on that shoulder. I mean, because you could you could tell like he was really struggling the way he his his arm motion. You could tell he was sort of in pain. And when and when it's a shoulder injury, those things nag. And you know, he might be good for maybe five or six weeks or so. But if that returns in the middle of the season, uh, that's gonna be. I mean. That would, that would be, that would, you know, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's been his, his, one of his issues his possibly, entire career, right? Possibly bring Stidham back yeah, to the forefront. Might. You know, he might. I mean, you can, you can do a lot of things with bad form, uh, athletically for a number of years, especially when you're young. But eventually, if your form is not there, whether it be in the weight room or on the field, you are going to injure yourself. That's just the way it goes. And you cannot continue to torque your upper body, your shoulders the way that he does mm-hmm. when he unleashes the ball, uh, without, you know, some potential for injury. Even Roethlisberger, when he was younger, uh, did not have particularly good form, but he's, you know, he's worked over the years to involve his legs much, much more in his throwing motion because, you know, as, as strong as his arm is, you're going to, you're going to blow out your shoulder mm-hmm. just or, like or your this back. Year, something I mean, like his arm just, he got that injury in his elbow. Yeah. You know? and, and it can happen again. But if there's anybody that can manage it and, you know, do the right thing, it's Bill Belichick. So mm-hmm. again, you know, damn, don't call it. Those don't call damn it. Patriots. Don't those call, damn. Yeah, don't call it an embarrassment <laughs> of riches. There's 31 other teams out there. Yeah, the AFC. And some of you are competitive, so don't blame the Patriots for this. The AFC, the AFC East. Everybody seemed like they had a huge grin on their face when they thought that this was maybe the downfall of the Patriots. But now they have Cam Newton there. And I think everybody's just as pissed off as yeah, the rest but they of the all had is. the same opportunity. Uh, I mean, had, they yeah. all had the same. The Bills had the same opportunity. I know they have Josh Allen, the Jets. I know they have Sam Darnold. Uh, but the, every, everybody in the AFC had the same opportunity to go out and put a bid in for Cam Newton. And there are a lot of teams in the AFC uh, where Cam Newton would be a significant upgrade at the position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, Chargers too. Chargers. Uh, you know, it's a little bit questionable. I mean, a, a rookie at, at quarterback right now technically um but they also could have made a push for a cam you know i mean five hundred thousand dollars who knows if he would have signed for that much with the chargers you know maybe a little bit more um you know that's another team that could have used a quarterback even the raiders possibly yeah, well no i mean that's it that well that's a very gruden thing to do yeah. he, he collects <laughs> quarterbacks he just doesn't marry any of them he dates them but he doesn't marry them it would have been a nice actually a nice move for for uh Los Angeles for the Chargers mm-hmm. because they're right there. They have the talent to get to the, to get to the playoffs to take a push towards the Super Bowl. That would have been a nice move for for uh for someone like San or I keep saying San Diego, the Chargers. Yeah, well they might uh, as well go back to San Diego. You know, so teams that are, you know, on the cusp. Yeah. I mean they have, of, like you said they have they have plenty of talent. They have, they have yeah. they, I mean their offense, their defense, they, you they have more talent than the Patriots. Uh yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, if Belichick was here in, in I was going to say San Diego and in, in, in L.A., I'm sure they would find a little more success because he's just an amazing coach. Um, but I think, you know, for Cam Newton, it's a great move for him. I know it's not a ton of money, um, but he has a chance to prove himself under, you know, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick's tutelage. Crazy. We should have seen it coming. I don't even know why I entertained it. I don't even know why I entertained Jared Siddham. I don't know. <laughs> what is wrong with me? What is wrong with us? Uh, all right. So huge news this week. 
Uh, next up, Richard Sermon never met a deal or something that goes on in the NFL that he can't find a problem with, that he can't complain about, that he can't take the air out of, the joy that other people are feeling. Uh, Richard Sherman says that Cam Newton's new Patriots contract is ridiculous and disgusting, and now he's going after the NFL for allowing it to happen, according to TMZ. How many, uh, Sherman said, how many former league MVPs have had to sign for the minimum? Sherman wrote this past Sunday night, asking for a friend, just ridiculous, end quote. <coughs> Excuse me. The San Francisco's 49ers superstar added a transcendent talent and less talented quarterbacks are getting 15 or 16 million dollars a year. Disgusting. Cam not only had to wait months to sign with the Patriots after the Panthers cut him in the spring, but he reportedly had to ink a deal that we just described that will pay him only $550,000 guaranteed. Sherman thinks that's just crazy for a guy with Hall of Fame potential, even if injuries haven't allowed the 31-year-old to produce as well on the field the past few seasons. Check out or check that against every quarterback slated to be a starter this season, Sherman said, of Cam's most recent struggles. Let me know how that goes. What say you? I mean, I don't blame him. $500,000. Why is he up on his soapbox for everybody? I know, know, but I mean, all all the guys out there on the field, I mean, they they want what's best, uh, you know, for their teammates, even even guys on other teams. Um, You know, Cam Newton, obviously, he was an MVP. Uh, he, he also made an appearance in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously we don't know how healthy he is. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Richard Sherman. Um, I don't see why he would say it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, Cam wasn't forced also to sign this contract. He didn't have to sign the contract. Uh, so for a Cam Newton, you know, obviously it's something different. It's not about the money. Like he mentioned, it's, it's not about that. It's about proving himself and showing the league what he still has. I mean, Richard Sherman also signed a contract with the Niners, um, with a lot of money, uh, that wasn't guaranteed. You know, I mean, he, he was basically his, his, his own agent when he signed with the Niners. He still made more money than Cam Newton is making off of this contract, but he signed a similar contract and Cam Newton could potentially make more. We'll see how things play out. Um, uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't blame Richard Sherman. You know, the, the, we also talked about, um, you know, the, uh, the GMs of these teams, the owners of these teams, um, you know, making a ton of money and, 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 you know, especially this season, we don't know if, whether there will be a season or if it's a shortened season or, you know, we'll see exactly what happens, but they're still going to make their millions. Some of them make billions of dollars while, you know, the players, um, they're out there, they're putting their bodies at risk. They're putting their, you know, their brains at risk. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're, they're out there to make money, but it's not fair that how much money they make compared to the guys that actually own the teams. And this is a conversation that we've had in the past. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I see why Richard Sherman is, is, uh, you know, he's a little disgruntled. Yeah. I mean, uh, this will be our first disagreement. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about this earlier. Uh, you know, the players get what 48.5%. Again, uh, because of the, the type of sport that they're playing and the injuries that they can suffer playing the sport. Uh, I tend to agree with Ronnie on principle, uh, but I defy you to find me any business out there uh, in any of the businesses where you listeners work, where the employees are 50% of overall revenue expense or, or they get 50% of all revenues. Uh, average in the U.S. is somewhere between 25 and 28%. So getting half the revenue to start, I think, is just fair. Not bad. It's fair. Uh, it's fair. Yeah, but it it's should fair, be that way. But across... they act like they're getting 10%. But it should be that Richard way. Richard Sherman thinks he's like, 
being forced to play for lunch. Uh, it should be that way across the board. You know, it, I agree it, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree that, with that. That's a but... whole different issue. Um, but go ahead, Ben. No, no, Sorry no, to I cut just... you off. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, cut, cut me off away. I, I just, I mean, the reality is, it, it, you know, if you're a coal miner, you should get paid more. If you're a football player, you should get more. Uh, it, there are different professions out there where your the level of risk that you're putting your body and your health in are so significant that that I can't not agree with Franny that the players should make uh, as much as they possibly can. Uh, and I know Sherman signed a deal that was that was laden with incentives, which all of which I think, but one he hit last year. So to his credit, you know, kudos to you uh, for for your ability to sign that that incentive laden deal. And hit the incentives that are in your contract. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you know, run for, you know, players association, association president, do something else. Uh, because the, this constant commentary on other people's motivations is really, is for me anyway, it's getting fucking tired. Not everybody wakes up in the morning and only values themselves by how much money someone is paying them. Other people may have other motivations for what they're doing. Tom Brady, for example, lots of players out there in a league, take less money to stay on teams well, where they can, you know, he had his TB12 and all that other stuff. Yeah. But uh, he also but, made about $15, 16000000 million, which is nothing to sneeze at. Also, I mean, $500,000 is, you know, for me, it's a lot of money. Um, you know, and, and but, you know, for, for, for the, you know, if, in this league, you know, somebody with uh, his resume, with what he has accomplished, I, I you know, it, it's a low ball offer. He decided to sign that contract. So that's all, you know, that's that's Cam Newton, his agent, whatever they decided on. I don't completely agree. Could with sign it 15 myself. million with Washington if he wanted to. It may, well, maybe if they offered him. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if they offered him. But, you know, five hundred thousand dollars is that's pretty low. I mean, if you look at the other, I mean, Dalton signed a three million dollar contract for a backup. Um, you know, Foles, when he won the Super Bowl that year, was making $7 million. Um, so there's a lot of guys that are backups that are making more money than a potential starter in the league. And, you know, I, I you know, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Richard Sherman complains all the time, all, <laughs> a lot and all the time. But on this issue, I can see why he's, you know, he's a little pissed off. I mean, obviously, he can't do anything about and it. And why did he do the same fucking thing last year? Why yeah. did he sign a contract with, for no money it was, it was with San also, Francisco, all full of incentives? But if it was he, more, if the best cornerback in the league who once won the Super Bowl five fucking years but ago, it was more guaranteed though. It was still more guaranteed, yeah. and and the quarterback position, so is, the quarterback position is a much more important position than the cornerback. It is uh, if you can position. finish a season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he won the fucking MVP year award five seasons ago. I know, I five know. seasons I ago. Know. Should Philip Rivers be getting paid fifty million dollars because he had a great season? Five years ago, but there are kickers that are making you know five hundred. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, but who knows what his motivation is? Yeah, uh, no, no. I, and, I, I mean, he, he obviously, you know, Cam signed the contract. He signed it. He didn't have to. He wasn't. Nobody forced him to sign it to ink the deal. Nobody forced him to do it. He he did it. Um, but I understand where, where Richard Sherman is also coming from. Like you know, you can offer the guy you know a million, a million and a half. You know, just for the season. You know, like why? With all the incentives, you know, I mean, even as a backup quarterback, five hundred thousand dollars is a bargain, even for a backup. Oh, I, I don't dispute any yeah, of that. Yeah, uh, I don't dispute. I mean, the, the the actual argument that he's making, if he made it like a mature adult, I would understand. I mean, I understand what he's saying. I'm just, I mean, if I were the rest of the league, my, you know, I would have shirts made up that say, you know, Richard Sherman, get your name, get my name out your mouth. You know, concentrate on what the fuck you're doing. Because I am tired of you opining about the entire Seahawks locker room and everything else that goes on in the league while you're getting blown up by wide receivers left and right. So you have to sign an incentive-laden contract. Go do something. 
uh, and talk about what is the real problem in the NFL. The fact that backup quarterbacks are making $16 million who aren't going to see the field at all. And you got linemen and a bunch of players that are struggling to pay two or, th- you know, to play two or three years and don't have any health insurance when they leave. And they're getting beat up just as bad. The fact that you're so fixated on how much money stars make, that is money that comes out of the hands and the pockets of the players that are out there in the trenches every day. And he doesn't care about that. What he cares about is does some quarterback make $30 million while some offensive lineman is making 600,000 plays three years and is stuck without health insurance five years down the road. That's the real problem in the NFL that yeah. all I the mean, stars Newton, suck up all the money. You know, Cam Newton obviously won't be hurting for money. He's made plenty of money in, you know, from endorsements, you know, just in his contracts. I'm sure he's made plenty of money. Um, but I don't disagree with Richard Sherman. I know, I know you do. I know you do. I mean, when I, 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 when theory, I, saw, I, don't. I disagree when, with, when I saw the I contract, disagree with Richard Sherman. I couldn't believe what the contract was. Yeah, I disagree I, I, like, with 500,000 for yeah. a Cam Newton, $500,000. I'm just shocked that nobody else, you know, would have signed more. Maybe he didn't want to sign with another team for that much money. But if, if, if that was all the teams were offering this guy, I mean, that, that's, I mean, I, I know the Patriots have more money laying around that they could offer, you know, Cam Newton, even as a backup, they could offer him a little bit more than that. But that's what he took. And that, I mean, it's a great deal for the Patriots. And exactly. it's what Cam Newton took. Hey, you know, why don't you take a little bit of, you know, why don't you take just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit of advice or, um, you know, look at what other players are doing. Why don't you, why don't you watch what Malcolm Jenkins, for example, does? He doesn't shoot his fucking mouth off all over the place before he makes a phone call to figure out what exactly is going on and try to take a more mature approach before he, you know, decides to call something or someone out with insults. Who knows why Cam inked that deal? Who knows if he wanted more money or didn't want more money or was perfectly fine with the contract that was put before him? Who knows what his motivations are? Uh, but for Richard Sherman to constantly, constantly, constantly be getting up on his soapbox about things that are going on in the NFL, because there's one thing I've never heard him complain about, and that's the guys that play for two or three years, making league minimum, minimum that retire and don't have health insurance. I've never once heard him complain about that. I have heard him complain lots and lots and lots about guys that have already made $100 million plus in their careers. Uh, so if that's where he wants to go, then he's going to have to suffer, at least people like me, getting tired of it. You know, you outed everybody in that locker room in Seattle after you decided to roll to San Francisco or wherever you went right after Seattle in that in that article, uh, which, again, is one of those alleged cardinal rules that uh, that you don't break. Yeah, that's uh, wrong. That's wrong. I mean, you, you can't talk about your teammates that way, calling them out, throwing them you know under the bus. That's not that's not fair. But when you say disgusting and you use words like that as a public figure, what you're saying is that someone was up to something. You're saying that someone purposely either took advantage of someone or tried to take advantage of, you know, of a situation or did something nefarious. And I, we, and we simply don't know that that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I would take $500,000. Oh, for sure. A year. Um, in the booth. If you want to, you know, fire Tony Romo and put me in, I'll do it. Yeah. And if he wants to <laughs> see what happens when you pay a bunch of guys, you know, 30, 15, 20 million dollars on your roster. So I, I didn't take a shot. To it. You know, no, wait, what did you just say? I, I, I just said you can hire me for five hundred thousand dollars and fire Tony Romo. Yep, you and do not have to, yes, offer you do him. Have to, you do have to take a shot. Twenty million dollars, whatever CBS was willing to yeah. give that guy, just to state the obvious yeah. on the field. Fair enough. Yes, do a shot. I'll take a half a shot with you. Uh, yeah, but I want to just make my point a little bit more clear. I agree in principle with the substance of Richard Sherman's point. I don't agree with the. Uh, the person who is uh, presenting the point, and I don't 
I don't agree with how he presented it. Uh, not everyone is walking up to your house trying to shoot you in the face, Richard Sherman. Some people make their own decisions. Uh, and I understand that if, you know, you tell people don't talk about other people, then how do you collectively bargain? How do you get, you know, a collective, uh, a, you know, collective group of people who can take on the owners? Uh, but still, you know, don't fly off the handle the day that the contract, because I guarantee you didn't pick up the phone and call Cam Newton and ask him what he thought about the contract before he shot his mouth off. But everybody is trying to screw Richard Sherman. Everyone's against him. Everyone has done something terrible to him. Everyone that doesn't get exactly what Richard Sherman thinks they should get is somehow a terrible human being. So will you just stop or at least make your arguments in a way that are coherent and use, you know, don't say disgusting. Don't say that a guy who won the MVP award five years ago should get paid $20 million this year based on what he did five years ago. No one at their job gets that. You don't get that, Franny. No one's going to be, you had a great year in 2015. Here's a bonus in 2020. It's not, that's not how things work. Uh, so I'll, I'll Why stop. Not? I wish they were. I'll stop rambling. I don't know if my 2015 was that good though. I was an MVP that year. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, cheers, I, Ben. Cheers. You uh, this is the punishment shot. It's our drinking game. Uh, if I say anything negative about the Cowboys or any team in my division or Tony Romo, which I usually say negative things about Tony Romo because I don't like Tony Romo, or if Ben says anything negative about a team in his division, the AFC. North. Yeah, I always have to point at you, so you get that. <laughs> Sorry. And, and if Sonia says anything negative about any team in the NFC West, and she takes a shot. So this is a punishment shot, and I said something sort of negative about Tony oh, Romo. Oh, for sure. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see why people like him at all. As a, I mean, I just don't. I like him. I don't know. I just, maybe it's a biased opinion. I don't know. But uh, I said enough negative stuff on that during that rant. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> about Richard Sherman. Yeah, I'm just tired of him. Well, yeah, you take a shot because, in, in Sonya's honor. Yeah, in Sonya's Because honor. he said something negative about a player in the NFC West. Ben. Exactly. <laughs> How uh, the mighty have fallen in Richard Sherman. Whew, that, uh, oh, that's the bad. Evan, that's the Evan Williams piece tonight. That's not very good. When it's, uh, you know. 80 degrees outside and it's and it's warmed up to it's about relatively 80 warm yeah it does not taste good at all no mm. Whew. all right That's next up more of a kick that lasted longer than i expected Still going for it to last yeah. uh but i just tried to put you know my it really grinds my i gears. tried to put myself <laughs> in cam's shoes and, and and i don't think i would have appreciated it yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure you know I, yeah well, i would like to hear cam's take on what richard sherman said Yes, because not everyone in life values themselves solely on money and what someone is willing to pay them. Other people have other priorities and other things that they value, especially when they already have enough money Still to live going. Still going. the rest of their life. Rod Woodson. Next up, Rod Woodson. <laughs> this was really interesting to me. Uh, and I'm, I'm really curious You're to hear. You're done with Richard Sherman. You're yeah, sure. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. All I'm right. Done. Uh, but he'll be back, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but I'm really interested to hear your take on this because it sounds strange to me. Uh, Rod Woodson, one of the best defensive backs to play in the NFL, said this past Sunday that he feels the league is purposefully keeping Hall of Fame players from getting coaching positions. Woodson says no. he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009, uh, told TMZ Sports that getting onto a coaching staff has nothing to do with skin color, but rather jacket color. He said they want one alpha in the room, Woodson told TMZ Sports, and I'm not a real alpha where I want somebody's job. I just to, I just want to, I just love talking ball. Woodson played 17 years in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ravens, Raiders, and Niners. I forgot he played with the other teams. Uh, 11 Pro Bowl selections, six time, uh, first team All Pro, and the 1993 Defensive Player of the Year and a Super Bowl champ. 
Uh, Woodson and said his, he and former teammate Ed Reed have found it hard to latch on to NFL coaching staffs since retiring. Uh, he said, I think it'll be a little more difficult for Hall of Famers to get in and stay in just for the fact that most of the coaches don't like that respect leaving the room or that area and going to somewhere else, he said. Woodson believes the only Hall of Fame player who is a coach right now in the league is Mike Munchak, who is an offensive lineman in the NFL and I think now uh, the the O-line coach in Denver. Uh, but what do you say about – so is this argu- his argument is essentially that I- NFL coaches' egos are so – Fragile mm-hmm. that if you throw a Hall of Famer on the coaching staff, no one's going to pay attention to the coach. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. It seemed like I, a weird. I, ar- I'd seen, I read it and I thought, yeah, because I just, what just because on just because you're an amazing player, that doesn't automatically translate to being an amazing coach. I mean, we've seen it in the NBA. You know, Magic Johnson. He had a uh, there was a short term period there where he was the coach of the Lakers and he was terrible. Isaiah Thomas, I believe, also had a coaching position and he was terrible. I mean, Jordan is not a good owner. He ended up coaching high school. I mean, so Jordan bad. was, you know, the best. The, he's the goat to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't mean he's, I mean, he's a terrible owner. I'm sure he'd be a terrible coach. I mean, just because you're an amazing player doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. Uh, I mean, well, Larry Bird is also a Hall of Famer and he actually had a pretty good uh, stint with uh, the Pacers. Um, but the majority of Hall of Famers, are not good coaches. It's usually the guys that were sitting there, uh, you know, holding the clipboard, you know, learning the game, uh, more than anything that become the great coaches. These guys that are out there grinding the good players, they're not necessarily the best coaches. They haven't proven to be the greatest coaches. I don't disagree. I mean, Luke Walton, you know, very average player, also very average coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, well, he's, he's, you know, I mean, he's, like Steve Kerr. I mean, Steve Kerr also, oh, he has great coach. Ama- I mean, he has an amazing team though. I mean, his team is great. If he was put on some other roster to coach, I'm not sure if you would find the same sort of success, but when you have, you know, basically all stars four out of five on your starting lineup, then yeah, you're going to be pretty darn good. Um, but Joey uh, Porter for the Steelers turned out to be. Not so great. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 sort of hit and miss, but it seems like the guys that were there, uh, like Phil Jackson, who you know he played, he had uh, a fairly okay career, I guess. You know, for the Knicks, I mean, he did win, you know, one of the two or maybe both of the the, the championships. Early seventies. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago, but he wasn't like a star. He wasn't, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, but he was the guy that was there, you know, holding the clipboard. Watching the coaches yep. and learning from them, you know, he learned the triangle offense, and 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 he went out of his way to sort of you know become a coach. Where these guys that are out there playing, at, you know, at, at high levels, those guys, they're great players, but it just it doesn't translate the same way. You know, yeah, they seem to end up on television. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, but they're also not good at that either. Uh, a lot of them, but they do get jobs on the NFL Network or on ESPN. And most, actually, most Hall of Fame players. Tony Romo. No. <laughs> most, actually, most Hall of Fame players that are on, uh, either the NFL Network or on ESPN are not particularly good. It's actually the, the more role players or the, the players that you don't know as well mm-hmm. that turn out to be the really good analysts because to your, to your point, they were the ones that were studying what to do next in my career. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not going to be able to ride the coattails of my NFL career to make money forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, because no one's going to go to the, you know, Nate Burleson Dodge. Uh, but he's, but he's really good on, uh, I think he's on ESPN or on NFL Network. Who's that? Uh, Nate Burleson. Oh, he's, he's on he's, ESPN. He's, he's, he's on the NFL Network. Right? I think he's actually even on ESPN. I think yeah. he's on, on both networks. Actually on uh, CBS, actually, he might be on their morning 
show, but I, I, I do enjoy listening to him. But I don't know, you know, how he would translate to being a coach, but he also wasn't a Hall of Fame player. Right. But it's usually those, those yeah. lower level, like, I, I mean, like more, more Maurice Jones Drew and guys like that. I mean, I, I know that folks watch them. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, they watch them. Yeah, I mean, even, but even, I never learned anything from Deion Sanders watching know, with, him on television. With the Eagles, you know, Deuce Staley, he was a great running backs coach. I mean, he's still a great coach. I think he should have, uh, you know, gotten the offensive coordinator job, but Deuce Staley also was not, a Hall of Fame type running back. Yep. He was that guy that was, you know, I wouldn't say he was just, you know, near the coaching staff most of the time. He actually, you know, he was, he was, he was part of that backfield, but yeah, he wasn't, yeah, yeah. he wasn't the main guy on the team. Um, but I mean, he, he was, like, yeah, he, he's, he's sort of, you know, made a career out of being a coach and he's actually pretty successful, but he's also not the Hall of Fame guy. You know, I don't. I don't think you know Adrian Peterson. You know, once his career ends, I don't know. If, I don't know if he would become a great coach. No, you know, I almost. I almost put him. He thinks running backs are underpaid in today's NFL. Uh, almost put him on the on the on the on the agenda this week, but it got a little long. <laughs> uh, he said he wants to play for four more years. Peterson does. Wow. But yeah, I mean, I thought this was a strange, some strange logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine not giving Ed Reed a chance on some coaching staff. Uh, he's about as good a safety as you'll ever find out there, you know, retired or not. And, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm shocked to know that Mike Munchak is the only Hall of Famer mm-hmm. that is on a coaching staff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like again, they talked about Tony Dungy, who was fairly average, short stint, uh, in the NFL with the Steelers and went on to be, you know, one of the best coaches in the league uh so i'll be i was just interested to hear your take on that because it sounded odd to me yeah well even even well doug peterson also a nobody and uh, you, you know he he was a backup his entire yeah. career won a super bowl yeah he seems like a pretty decent coach yeah uh, well, i would <laughs> say he, so <laughs> he was last season you know, was more impressive than the super yeah, bowl so, I mean, season. there are definitely players that are coaching not necessarily hall of fame players so you know i don't think he has a really a leg to stand on i think it really just depends on how capable those guys are of coaching. Maybe he, maybe he thinks these guys deserve some sort of a head start or something because they were such amazing players in their day. Um, so, you know, maybe he just has a huge ego and that's why he's making this argument. Yeah. I mean, there is, I'm sure people's egos are fragile, but that was a, that was a strange argument. So I was interested to hear your take, but next up, oh, Lamar Jackson. I see Antonio Brown making coming up. excuses. I'll pour, I'll pour more shots for you. Buddy. Lamar Jackson believes the Baltimore Ravens took the Tennessee Titans too lightly in their postseason loss last year. Coach John Harf- Harbaugh respectfully disagrees with that assessment. Uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh told reporters Monday that he's comfortable with the 2019 MVP voicing his opinion on this matter, but objects to the premise. He said, I don't think we took them lightly personally. We just didn't play well. Harbaugh said via NFL Network's, uh, Adit, I can never get this right. Aditi Kinkawabi Bala. Uh, that's, that's bad. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens had won 12 straight games to close the 2019 season at 14 and two. And after a playoff by week, Baltimore was blitzed by the Titans losing 28 to 12. Jackson was stymied for much of the early stages of the game, committed three turnovers and was sacked three times. 365 yards on 59 attempts, one TD and two interceptions in the game. Uh, the differing opinion on the game's preparation highlights the viewpoint from a player and a coach. Neither belief changes the fact that a potential Super Bowl season went out the window with the laid egg in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. What say, or it was in Baltimore. But yeah. what do you think about I, I, I uh, think- saying that John Harbaugh is not prepared? 
I, he just was like chilling, like Tennessee possibly. Titans. No possibly. big deal. I mean, because they were they finished nine and seven. They barely made it into the playoffs. But I think people took them lightly because uh, they didn't understand the cap- like the uh, Tannehill's capability. Tannehill actually showed up. Because that game was through, a massive I mean, towards towards the end of the season in the playoffs, he didn't have a great season. But Derrick Henry turned it on uh, in the playoffs. Um, but you know, the same thing happened the season, but with the the year before. You know, I think they lost to uh, the Chargers the year before, and yep. they, they maybe took Did they them, take them too they, lightly. They took them a little lightly as well. Um, but you know, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think Harbaugh is ever not prepared uh, in any. Yeah. I mean, he he he's proven you know year after year to be a solid coach. I think they just came up against a better team. You know, why not just give Tennessee credit and say, you know what, we got beat by a better team. Tennessee came on strong towards the end of the season. And, you know, it it reminds me of the 2008 Eagles who also made it. um, I keep on bringing up the Eagles, but I follow them more than I follow another team. 12 years ago. But they were 9-7 and that year. And that's when they went to the uh, NFC Championship game with Mike Vick. And, uh, you know, they didn't look that impressive throughout the season, but they turned it on late and they went all the way to the NFC Championship game. And I wish they made it to the Super Bowl because they would have played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben. Um, but they, I was you know, they, for they, 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 you know, ended up losing to Arizona in the NFC Championship game, barely on a field goal. Uh, <laughs> I remember these things. It's just, it still hurts. It should uh, hurt. It, <laughs> but I mean, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of that because the, you know, um, the Tennessee Titans did exactly the same thing. They turned it on late. They carried that momentum into the playoffs and they went to the AFC championship game and, you know, they, they ended up losing, but you know, you know, give Tennessee a little more credit. Don't blame yeah. it all on the coach. Yeah. It just seems odd. Who wasn't prepared? You weren't, I mean, did someone yeah. stop you from preparing? Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh didn't prepare you well enough. You know, I, I just seems odd to me mm-hmm. uh, because even if you were 80% prepared, 90% prepared. Actually, the Eagles were nine, six it, uh, and one, not nine, seven, nine, six and one. Nine. There you go. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was pretty, they got shellacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Titans, their defense just swarmed all over their, all, I mean, you know, Jackson didn't play terrible, uh, but that game was not close. So, you know, you'd have to be really unprepared to get blown out by a team that you believed, uh, was at least good enough to make the playoffs. So I, I find it hard to believe that the, the level of, of unpreparation or dispreparation would have had to have been so high. Uh, to explain a 28 to 12 mm-hmm. beatdown by the Titans at home. Uh, yeah. So I, I just, I'm not buying it. And I think you should probably, you know, we after should, two terrible, terrible, terrible showings in the playoffs, humble himself, you know, humble yourself sort of inside. Say, mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared enough. Yeah. I didn't prepare my team well enough. Or we were just beat by a better team. You know, don't, don't, yeah. don't say Tennessee was an inferior opponent and you just weren't prepared for them just say you know what we went out there we played you know derrick henry ran all over us uh we couldn't stop him uh i made mistakes and it just didn't happen two years in a row so learn from your experience move on to the next season i'm sure they'll be great this year as well ben if you want to say anything negative about baltimore go ahead right nope, now I, no, I, okay. I never say anything negative about baltimore i know and i'm, I'm shocked that you uh, don't what i would say if but, I mean, that's, that would be the right is, thing yeah by all accounts he is a super super human being mm-hmm. so you know this kind of stuff just you know tarnishes that i mean it shouldn't but in the public view it makes him appear as if he's making excuses for you know, just getting beaten by a better team. Mm-hmm. They got beat by a better team. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, very next game. Uh, maybe yeah. they took them too light. You can't say Belichick took them too lightly. They were just the better team. They ran up against the better team in the playoffs Yeah, at and, that time. And it happens. I mean, it happens. I mean, the Steelers were beat by... Ugh, they were beat by Jacksonville. 
I mean, they were beat by, yeah. or, uh, by, yeah, by Jacksonville two, yep, was it two years ago. Blake Bortles has scored. Was that, is know? it because Mike Tomlin didn't think, you know, that they weren't prepared for, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars in mm-hmm. that game? I, I don't think so. Yeah. I just think it was a, you know, a confluence of events that, you know, took place and, you know, Steelers couldn't overcome it. You know, their defense just could not overcome it. Yeah. All right. I agree. Next up. Now I'm going to have to take a shot. And Where's your shot? Antonio Brown. Oh my god. He hasn't god. been he hasn't been on the agenda. He hasn't been on the big board for a little while, Ben. Uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, there should be music for this. He, he would make he would make an appearance every week on the agenda. Uh, roughly a week removed from NFL Network's Michael Silver reporting that the Seattle Seahawks along with the Baltimore Ravens uh, we're having internal discussions regarding signing wide receiver Antonio Brown. The seven-time Pro Bowler posted a video on his Instagram of Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson and Antonio Brown working out together. The caption of the video read, Who would like to see this on Sundays? <laughs> that was fun. Eight exclamation points. I would also like to have the ball thrown to me from Russell Wilson. I don't know what to make of the this. The most perfect spiral in the NFL. Yeah, I, you know, I, I would. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't know why Russell. I mean, Antonio Brown doesn't give a shit where he goes. You know, you don't need to court this guy. You don't gotta buy him flowers. You don't gotta take him to the movies or buy him chocolates. He's gonna go with whatever team is dumb enough to sign him uh, if he ever plays again. So I'm more disappointed in Russell Wilson that he would spend oh, part of his on. day with this. But you clown. know, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a good. Person, he's a good yeah, and I don't want to hang, I don't wanna hang out with willing. terrible human beings, and I'm a know, good person. But, but maybe he's trying to turn him around. No one's going to turn know? him around. Did you see the videos from his Florida home? Pick <laughs> one of the videos. Pick any of the videos from his Florida home. Hey, I'm all for a second and well, third tenth and fourth chances. Chance. You know, beating up random freaking moving guys, yeah, making making fifteen dollars an hour down in Florida. Yeah. You're going to pull him out of the truck and beat the shit out of him. You know what? I'm he's, wrong. You're right. That's that's you're you're absolutely right. I mean. Cursing yeah. and saying just disgusting things in front of his child out in the fr- I mean, it, I, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, but if a, there's so, any, but any, any player in the league that could turn him around, it would be Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll for Wilson. sure. And you'll hear more during the Sea, Seahawks section of the show. And, and certainly, I mean, but again, we've discussed this many, 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 many times. Uh, the issue with the Seattle Seahawks is not, and it hasn't been the lack of receivers. Mm-mm. It's the offensive game plan Lack and the of offensive line the that causes the problem. They could have Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins out <laughs> but there. But we're going to run it. But if they're, they're going to keep on, you know, 20 or 30 times a game, we're just going to keep on running the ball. But if they're going to go with Schottenheimer and these other guys as our offensive coordinators and, and stick with the, the game plan, it, it doesn't really matter what receivers are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a decent stable of, of receivers now. Uh, Lockett is a stud. DK Metcalf's going to get better. They've got, uh, DK you know, they've got Brown, or there are more, and they've got, they got other guys on that team. Um, ooh, ooh that, that was, was a big firework. I know. If you, can, if you guys can Damn, hear that. I don't, know, uh, I don't know if you can hear it on the, on the mics, podcast. but geez, that, I could feel that in my chest. But until, I mean, it just made me nauseous to watch a player that I like, Russell Wilson, in the same vicinity of, you know, the, the, just the oozing negativity, the, just the, the despicable there it is again. human being that is Antonio Brown. Uh, he's not going to make your team better. He's going to bring all the cameras with him. He's going to bring all the drama with him. He's going to bring all the things that you don't want around your team. 
happened to the Patriots, happened to the Raiders, happened at the end with the Steelers. I don't know why you would expect this to be any different. Uh, at least Terrell Owens was able to maintain his status as active player. Uh, he was a, a just a huge distraction, but at least he was on the field playing for your team. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this shot. Yeah, you called him a despicable human being, Ben, so you deserve a shot, and it's larger than my shot. I have half a shot. You have Oh, this is that nasty peach, right? Pretty much a full shot right there. That's this a is nasty, that nasty peach. I don't know if you want the Southern Comfort Lime, no, but no. Uh, that's good. This is supposed to be punishment. It is. All right. You're, you're punished. <sighs> Antonio Brown. Go away. Oh, that's disgusting. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, it would make if him somehow. Better. If somehow, wow, that's disgusting. Antonio Brown does find his way onto the Seahawks roster. I'm going to go out and buy Sonya an Antonio Brown jersey just to piss you off. Oh man, you better ben. get it with like a like Velcro on the back so you could change <laughs> the name from like Brown to Fan or something. No, I'm going to. I'm going uh, I'm going to get it. I'm gonna, oh. uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it'll be a collector's like, item, just like the one from, you know, Vegas and the one from, if I can get him to sign it, if I can get him to sign it, that'd be even better. If I could see which house he's moving to, if I can be a mover in Seattle, you don't <laughs> want to be a mover, you better wear your, whatever they, the outfit that they wear when they, when they, you know, teach people about attack dogs, you know, where they wear that giant suit and the dogs bite you. Uh, well, I mean, he did attack that one guy, but you know, I mean, that, that seems like the way his wife, to, and he sexually assaulted, allegedly, allegedly, the woman, and he doesn't pay his debts, and, and on and on and on. Yeah, but Russell, I mean, but if there's one guy, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson would be the guy. And he doesn't mow his lawn. Russell Wilson would be the guy to turn him around. Or between him and Pete Carroll, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think if there's any, if there's any coach quarterback duo in the league that could kill him with kindness. Yeah. And, and turn him around by showing him how much they love him. Instead of what Belichick or Gruden and Mike Mayock will do with him. Well, Gruden is like the worst person you yeah. can find to, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, create a loving atmosphere. Loving atmosphere. I guess that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I don't know how, if it's a loving it, but yes, yes. I mean, Br- the Gruden, Phil Jackson, Gruden, Gruden the Phil pro- Jackson way, Phil like Jackson, let, let, let Antonio Brown go to Vegas for 48 yeah. hours before a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's what he needs to do. Yeah. Not, but whatever, not prove Tom, your point by, but whatever Tomlin did. Whatever Tomlin did was amazing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Tomlin should be in the Hall of Fame just for that. I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame anyways, but as a coach to, to, I mean, we've seen what Antonio Brown has done through his entire yep. career, but, you know, just, just to keep him under control for eight seasons. Yeah. I mean, and it was amazing. all over, you know, contract dispute at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one thing, I mean, eight seasons for a Steeler wide receiver. Yeah. And, and I think I, re- I mean, I remember standing, out here having a conversation when they decided to sign Brown instead of Bell. I mean, I always, I said at the time I would have signed Bell over Brown. Nope. I don't know why. You're crazy. Uh, <laughs> well, that's because, I mean, the Steelers have never sunk a ton of money into wide receivers. Yeah, but and he, and mean, they, 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 not, they broke the mold with him. Yeah. I mean, he, and to, yeah, the he disrespect is, he showed the team, because he, the Steelers do not pay wide receivers. He's they a different, just don't. He's a different, he's a different talent, though. He was a different talent, though. I mean, I, you know, I, seriously, I've said this so many times on this podcast. He is one of the best wide receivers that I've ever seen play the game. Oh, for sure. And he was made for Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. They, those two were made for each mm-hmm. other. Uh, you know, slinging the ball, you know, broken down play, you know, ball, you know, outside shoulder, inside shoulder, you know, ball might be a little bit underthrown, overthrown. But Brown could figure out a way to get to the ball and bring the ball down. Yeah, Velcro hands. And and Roethlisberger was not afraid 
to throw the ball down there into traffic in Brown's direction. Those two were made for each other, and it would have been nice if they could have played so would you a be little disappointed? bit longer. Would you be disappointed if he ended up on the Seahawks roster? No, I mean, I, I mean, I'll be disappointed for the Seahawks because it will be, it will, it will probably be Call, it, maybe, bad yeah. for the team. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but you know, why wouldn't he go? What, what other team could he possibly? The Ravens. I mean, I guess him and Jackson uh, could have a good connection in terms of the ball down the field. But, but Wilson is the best deep ball thrower oh, man, I've ever, you know, just about I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why you wouldn't want to play for Russell Wilson mm-hmm. of all the quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson or not. I mean, I, I just, you know, put him up there maybe with with. Uh, I don't even know. Maybe Rodgers, in terms of the ability to throw the ball down the field like that, you know. But I hope, I hope. Yeah, him, him. It I doesn't mean, happen. I don't go back to the Eagles, but Michael Vick. You know, I mean, just just the way they would throw the ball down the field, just chuck it down the field effortlessly, perfect spiral all the way down. Russell Wilson, Mike Vick throwing throwing him out there. All right. Next up, we want a little bit of information from Pro Football Focus. They ranked all 32 quarterbacks by deep ball passing performance. And Dak Prescott made the top five. So I had really? to talk about this. Yes. Oh, my God. I already took a couple of shots already. Last week, we went 32 to one. So this week, we'll go 33 because Drew Locke is in here as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so ranking all the quarterbacks by their ability to throw the ball deep down the field, which is what wins ball games these days. Uh, 33, Drew Locke. All right. 32, Josh Allen, which shocked me. Uh, that's really is the only thing he should be able to do. But how accurate? I mean, all these quarterbacks throw the ball down the field, but how accurate are they with the ball down the field? And I, I, I believe that that is just about correct because Josh Allen is yeah. not very accurate. 24.1% down the field. Uh, Sam Darnold, 31. That's low. I think that's a little low. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, 30. I don't think that's fair. I mean, I think Sam Darnold should be on top. A little bit higher up the list. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett came in at 29. Yeah. Let's see. Ah, 28. Tyrod Taylor to LA charges. 31.3%. Yeah. That's not uh, 10.8 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trubisky at 27. 34.4%. Not bad. Uh, <clears throat> Andy Dalton's on the 26. List. Andy Dalton. Uh, he's now with Dallas. But 32.1, 10.6 yards per attempt. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. 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 Fitzpatrick, Ryan of the Dolphins comes <laughs> Is in there at another 25. Fitzpatrick? Yeah, probably not. In the <laughs> NFL, definitely not. Uh, number 24, Daniel Jones, 29.6, 9.2 yards attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why they have a picture of Daniel Jones here. Uh, <laughs> Phillip Rivers, 23, which is lower than I would have expected for Rivers. 34.2%. Mm-hmm. Completion percentage, 11.3 yards per attempt. Oh, 59.1% passer rating. Ooh, Ooh. So that's really low. Jesus Christ, that's lower than Yikes. I expected. Uh, Drew Brees coming in at 22. Uh, I mean, you know, you're pointing at the me. The last then, but year I, of his career. I do agree that he is not he's not the best downfield thrower. I mean, he's lost a lot of strength in his arm. Uh, so I don't disagree with the ranking. But yeah, but but almost fifty percent completion percentage, one hundred seven point two pass rating. When he can get it down there, not yeah. When, when, when he, he has enough time to heave the ball, yes, and exactly. prepare himself to get it down there, you know, it's like he, oof, this is gonna hurt. Yeah, and it's one once or twice a game now. A twenty-one, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah, I agree with that. Twenty, Baker Mayfield. That that he should be thirty-four. Nineteen, Teddy B. Teddy Bridgewater. 
Yeah. Was with the Panthers. It also seems like he has an effortless release when he's yeah, I like Teddy. Yeah. I would take him as a as a quarterback in, in Pittsburgh any mm-hmm. day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh Matt Stafford coming in at eighteen, lower That's than I expected. Surprising. Surprising. 86.9 passer rating. Yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, forty one percent completion percent is fourteen point five yards per mm-hmm. attempt. Uh Derek Carr coming in at seventeen, way up the list. Yeah, he's middle, middle of the pack. Lamar Jackson coming in at 16. That's, Maybe that's why he didn't beat the Titans. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, 40% he's, he's, completion percentage, 12.6 yards per attempt, 111.9. Passer rating. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I like Lamar. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't you like my, Lamar because he's in your division. I know. I just, I wish he wasn't in I my division. I would hate if he was in my division. I wish he was not in my division. Uh, oh, Kirk, Kirk motherfucking Cousins motherfucker. coming in at 15. But look at that passer rating. Jesus, how much shit you talk about uh, Kirk Cousins, and he has a 119.7 passer rating in your face, Ben. He had 16 big-time throws on his 61 deep attempts and suffered from three drops on yeah. those passes. That's pretty good. I wonder how he's going to do this year without Diggs, though. We'll see. I mean, Diggs was you know his, his, his deep threat. We'll see how that works out. 14, Tom Brady. Contrary to popular opinion, he did throw the ball downfield last yeah, year. Yeah. 13, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, T- Tannehill has a strong arm. Definitely on Friday's Mount Rushmore. No, no, but I mean, come on. You got to respect the guy. What he did last season after being in Miami for all those years in the Yeah, slump, yeah. As Richard Sherman would say, Miami keeping him there that long was disgusting. <laughs> did he say that? No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he, he should have escaped. You know, they should have a movie like, you know, Escape from New York, Escape from Miami. Number twelve, Jameis Winston of the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I higher than I, I would, would higher than I expected. No, I would actually expect him to be a little bit higher with the, with the weapons that he had. Well, that's on that true. Team. You're with, not factoring with, in interceptions. I mean, all you have to, yeah, but I mean, all you have to do is throw the ball downfield to either Evans or Godwin. I mean, he should be a little bit higher on that list. Yeah, that's true. Not surprising for a quarterback with as much YOLO on his plays as Winston. <laughs> that's what they say. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming in at eleven. Not bad for for your, well, another of your Mount Rushmore quarterbacks. Oh, you should be on everybody's Mount Rushmore. That's true. That's true. Well, it's, there's only four, right? So I'm surprised. Would... I, I'm actually surprised with this, ne- with this next one. Carson Wentz at number ten because he doesn't throw the ball downfield often enough. I think he should actually take risks more often and toss the ball down the field. Well, this past season with all the injuries, maybe it was a little more difficult, but that passer rating, disappointing. Yeah, but 35% completion percent is 10 and 10.7 yards per attempt, 79.4 passer rating. That's nice though. Yeah. Nine, Patrick Mahomes. What? Nine. Nine? Yeah. Tyree Kill, get me the damn ball. Apparently he doesn't get it enough. He's He has a howitzer for an yeah. arm. All right. Next up. Number eight, Jimmy G above Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. I don't agree with that. Number seven, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. All right. Yeah, I know you like he's on your Mount Rushmore as well. Number six, Kyler Murray. He actually has a beautiful deep ball. I, actually, I, I I don't watch an I you know there's not too many Arizona Cardinal games on, and I don't watch enough Arizona Cardinal games to um to judge him. So, but I'm, he's I'm, got I'm a nice sure, he's yeah. got nice touch. Yeah. Number five, big Ben. Roethlisberger. Thank goodness, getting some love finally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty-four point five percent completion. He's not scared to throw the ball yeah, down the field. That's why his, <laughs> Antonio Brown should have figured out a way to stay. Uh, number four. That is just stupid. That Prescott. is stupid. Forty-six point one completion percentage, fifteen point two yards per attempt, and one hundred and ten point two passer rating. 
I mean, I can't, I can't argue with the numbers. I can't argue with the numbers at all. I'm not going to say. I can't say. He threw for the that. third most yards on these deep plays and had the third most completions. Oof. With CD Lamb added to the mix this year, he could be even higher on this list next year. Still eight and eight. Oh, you're getting near shot territory there. <laughs> I, I, I'm just stating the out. I mean, that was his record last year, eight and eight. Yeah. I mean, he has great numbers, but eight and eight, just like Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is number three. Number three. And he won like four games last season. Well, but look at this 50% completion percentage, 16.7 yards per attempt and 129.0 passer rating. Damn. He has one of the weaker arms in the league. Uh, but his deep ball accuracy appears to be pretty fucking impressive. Uh, seems like he never throws it short. Yeah, Deshaun Watson yeah, comes in at number another, two. Yeah, I wonder how what's going to happen this year uh, without Hopkins there. We'll see, but uh, Deshaun Watson also throws a beautiful football. Yeah, that's for sure. I would take him as well. And number one, number one, Russell we, Wilson. We all agree. We How well, many lists does this guy have to be two. number one on? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, obviously he's top, top Three quarterback in the yeah. league. Arguably, I mean, I, you know, for me, he's definitely top three. Yeah, I, I put him, I think I said last week, I mean, I'd probably put him him number one, Mahomes mm-hmm. number two. Mm-hmm. I put Rodgers, you know, in there with a better team, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, Rogers I, I, I mean, credit. nobody throws a prettier deep ball pass nope. than Russell Wilson. Nope. And his PFF grade also, you know, is consistent with this production. That the second most completions on these passes, trailing only Jameis Winston and his 20, 30 interceptions, uh, tied for second most deep ball touchdowns, which are so much fun to and watch when they're down 27 to seven in the deep in the third quarter. And all with a terrible offensive line. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy what he's I mean, been some able of these, were, he's not even really set. Yeah. I mean, some of these, he doesn't have an opportunity to set his nope. feet. I mean, I, I'm, I'd be really curious to see how Tom Brady. You know, would do, I mean, Aaron Rodgers to his credit is able to move outside the pocket, is able to throw on the, on the run. I'd be really interested to see how Tom Brady's numbers or what Tom Brady's numbers would look like mm-hmm. if he had to throw on the move, if he had to spin around not, and have his back to the it field. Zero percent. If he had to have his back to the field on a routine basis, like poor Russell Wilson does. Uh, you know, zero. Uh, yeah. Number one, I could not agree more. Yeah. I agree with that ranking. All right, funny. That's it for the NFL news. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll get right back with whatever's next up on the agenda. Yeah, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our uh, shout-out to our new and loyal listeners we out there. We love you all. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back with a shout-out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes, thank you all so much to our new listeners as well as our loyal listeners that have been with us since 2018. We have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Since you're listening tonight, tomorrow, on the 4th of July, whenever you're listening, please consider heading over to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com. Or search Thurston Gold Podcast on the web. And please, please, please subscribe, rate, hit that rate button. Just tell us how awesome we are and give us a review. Please, please, please. This week, this is your homework assignment to all our new listeners, all of our loyal listeners out there. Please, we beg of you, tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person this week. Tell them about our show. Grab their phone. 
put our podcast in their podcatcher, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be CastBox, whether it be Pocket Cast, Pandora, whatever it may be, put our podcast in their phone. Friday, what's next up on the big board? And next up on the big board, Ben, we have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with a promo for one of our favorite independent NFL podcasters. Hey, Seahawks fans, it's the guys over at the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm Bill Alvstead. And I'm Keith Myers. And first and foremost, we're Seahawks fans, just like you. We know you want smart, intelligent football talk with up-to-date, all-original content. How about consistency? We've been delivering a new show each and every week for three years running. We know you're listening, but how about your Seahawks friends and family? Let them know they can find us at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Or you can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and many others. So until we meet up again, go Hawks! All right, folks. That is a shout-out to the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. This show, hosted by Keith Myers and Bill Ofsted, has run well over 160 consecutive weeks and has just begun its fourth year covering the Seattle Seahawks. Their website is www.seahawksplaybook.com. I love it. It's like, it's like listening to a politician. It is like an older politician. Like, please go to my website, https backslash backslash colon www.seahawksplaybook.com. Uh, you can find them on every major podcast application out there, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please, please, please. Give these guys a listen. Uh, they, like us, do this for the joy of talking about football, for the joy of the sport, the joy of the game. Uh, we don't do this for fame and fortune. Uh, and these guys are as good as it gets for a Seahawks-centric podcast, let alone just an NFL podcast. They are about as good as it gets. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben, your Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. Ben, first up, I see that you have the Steelers first, so I'm not going to have you turn any pages there oh, on the agenda. Let's start tonight. with the Steelers. All right, first up, this is from DK Sports, or DK Pittsburgh. Sports. 2019 was not a good year for quarterbacks who donned the black and gold nope. whenever it was Ben Roethlisberger. Well, nobody went out in the draft and got another one. <laughs> exactly. Or Cam Newton. Or, or whether it was Ben Roethlisberger's elbow failing him uh, versus the Seahawks. Or, whatever. <laughs> or Mason Rudolph's tumultuous season, which included an ugly concussion in the brawl versus the Browns, or in the brawl versus the Browns. That that uh, accusation that was made against him during that game, uh, or Delvin Hodges failing uh, when it mattered most last season was one to forget, but still finished with the same record as Dak Prescott. Could the Steelers' depth at the quarterback position be better in 2020 compared to 2019? How could it be? It couldn't even change. It didn't even change. Uh, but it could be better. And the folks at DK Pittsburgh Sports think it will be better based only on one thing, and that's experience. Uh, the primary names on the depth chart haven't changed, but a few, a few names or a few have been added. Uh, players like Paxton Lynch, a former first round pick. So was Ryan Leaf, 
I was signed last season to the QB3 on the depth chart and JT Barrett uh, show up on the list of names. Please, JT Barrett, be good. Please, I'm begging you as a UDFA. Please be good. Uh, let's be honest here. This entire discussion hinges solely on one thing, and that's the health of Roethlisberger's elbow. Mike Tomlin was asked about Roethlisberger's elbow during his virtual press conference last Tuesday, and this is what he had to say. I will say this. It is hearsay. Because I have not witnessed his workouts. I have communicated with him consistently throughout. He is comfortable and pleased with where he is. Some of the people that have had the opportunity to work out with him have been impressed and pleased with where he is. The medical experts are comfortable with where he is and the rehab process and his overall readiness for 2020. All of those things being said, I am comfortable with where he is, saying for the third time. Uh, I can't believe he has not witnessed any of his workouts. That's a little concerning. Uh, but this isn't to suggest that Tomlin would ever publicly state that Ro- of Roethlisberger suffering a setback or the organization isn't confident in his ability to return to full health. But everything said about Roethlisberger's road to recovery has been positive, And this is paramount, not just when talking about the quarterback depth chart, but the overall success of the team. So DK Pittsburgh Sports thinks that the Steelers depth chart at quarterback is better this year. How is it based better? only on the experience of Hodges and Rudolph getting to play Last year, obviously, Roethlisberger's coming back, so it's better than it was yeah, but last was, year. Well, I mean, if he can stay healthy, but if he if he gets injured again, I mean, God forbid he gets injured again, because you know the the, the Steelers could be eight and eight once again in his absence. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see why they think that there is such a huge improvement. Yeah, I, with, I, I disagree with completely. Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Whatever you saw from them from them last year is what you can get from them this year yeah. if they're. If they have to go in and hopefully they don't have to go in and, 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 and play any snaps for the Steelers. But if they do, that's what you're getting. Yeah, they're I, not getting any better. That's their ceiling. That's as good as they're going to be. Yeah. I agree. Stop publishing these, these faux positive articles about the Steelers depth chart just so you can get Pittsburgh eyes on the Pittsburgh Steeler fan eyes on the article. We are not better at the quarterback position. We are the same or worse. Uh, Mason Rudolph is essentially the Steve Smith of, you know, of whoa, quarterbacks. Whoa. What? Uh, you ever you ever watch oh, oh, you ever watch, okay, uh, okay. You ever watch uh, American Dad? Oh, okay, but I mean Steve Smith has you know come on whatever Steve, Steve Smith on the show uh, has to throw a ball or some <laughs> object. The sound that he makes is ah, uh, which is essentially what Mason Rudolph does if he has to throw ball the ball more than eight yards yeah, down for a field. second. I, okay, Steve, so I thought it's my like Alex Smith for a second. I'm like, wait, Alex Smith is oh, actually, no, Steve, yeah, yeah, Steve yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. The, I, actually, I, would I was take, like thinking even wide receiver. I would Smith, take Steve Smith, the wide receiver, yeah. over Mason Rudolph right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if how many people watch that particular show. I was wondering what the hell you were talking about. Oh, it's but now, huge. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hopefully, don't really watch it. Yeah. Hopefully, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, stop publishing this stuff. But I mean, we did what, not get better at the quarterback position. I don't thinking, know who JT Barrett is. I do know who Paxton Lynch is. And if you're not good enough to play quarterback for John Elway, you're not very good. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, they could have dropped either one of these guys. I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts. They could have picked up Jalen Hurts easily. They could have gotten Jalen Hurts. Um, Cam Newton. I mean, Flacco, uh, Dalton. I mean, anybody. I mean, there was another quarterback that went in the fifth round or for, for, for just like, you know, not that much money. I, I know that, you know, the, the, the Steelers don't have a ton of money to throw around right now, but I mean, those guys signed for small amounts of money. Cam Newton signed for 500 freaking thousand dollars. You can't pick this guy up. Yeah, but they wouldn't sign. I mean, he wouldn't sign if he's going to, he knows he's going to sit on the bench. If hey, Roethlisberger starts, he's going to, you, you know, don't know. He's, he's not going to, you don't play. know. I mean, cause I mean, up until recently, Stidham was the starter. He still potentially could start. Well, but he never, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. No, he's not, but I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. A, He's not. He's not. He's not the third or fourth best quarterback in the league why, like Ben Roethlisberger is. Why the Steelers stood pat and just didn't pick anybody up? They just like figured, hey, 
We have Roethlisberger. Hopefully he stays healthy. And then you have these two other guys who you saw what they did in his absence, and they were both terrible. Yeah. I don't Stop get publishing it. this stuff. I don't get Stop it. Stop trying to make us feel good about our quarterback position. It's, we should not be feeling yeah. good about our quarterback yeah. position. I mean, it's I'm rooting slap, for them. A slap in the face. I'm rooting for them like I was rooting for Tim Tebow to, you know, but, but um, you know, it's not like I, I thought Tim Tebow was going to be any good and I don't know that Delvin Hod- Devlin Hodges is going to be. Yeah, but it's a slap in the face of, of, of Steelers fans out there who have eyes yeah. because they can see exactly yeah. what the hell's going on in the field. And neither of these guys are starting caliber. None yeah. of these guys can come in next year. Let's say Roethlisberger retires. Neither of these dudes can come in and be the starter in Pittsburgh. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And they, and they got to stop publishing this stuff. Stop getting our hopes up. You know, I would flip flop them for sure. I would have, I would have Hodges above Rudolph just based on their performance last year. Uh, Rudolph's complete and utter, uh, reluctance and fear to throw the ball down the field. It, it, it's just not, it's not consistent and compatible with the modern NFL. It's just Mm-mm. not. Yeah, Ben, it's your team, man. Yeah. Next up, the Most Eagles uh-huh. and Dallas Goddard mm-hmm. might not be the stand-up guy that we all thought. The Florida man, well, in the dirty, dirty. The Florida man who was caught on surveillance knocking out NFL player Dallas Goddard at a bar last month said the Philadelphia Eagles tight end had sev- and several others had been harassing him and his friends in the moments leading up to the bloody brawl. Kyle Hadala, the 29-year-old from Sarasota, was charged with simple assault after he was shown punching Goddard at the zoo bar in Aberdeen, South Dakota, during a 40-second clip that went viral. No other charges were filed, and Hadala plans to fight the case. Hadala told TMZ that Goddard and his friends were extremely aggressive and disrespectful towards him and his friends over the jukebox selections. Oh, my Was God. this me? Is this me in 1987? How stupid are these? I mean, every time there's an argument or fight, it's always over something really don't play ridiculous. That meat. I don't want to hear meatloaf. <laughs> I want to hear South Dakota, so I'm assuming it's like meatloaf versus bad company or... You know, I don't know what they're playing. Uh, or, you know, Miley Cyrus was played. It's, that's too modern. I don't know. He said Goddard and the others followed them to the zoo bar where tension soared. So allegedly they got into it at the bar that they were hanging out at previously. Uh, they picked out, uh, my smaller colleague, Hadala said from the group, got in his face and made very threatening remarks towards his personal well-being. I was wondering why you, why you bleep your, <laughs> Oh, no, I must have cut and pasted that from like, oh, okay. the actual quote. Oh, okay. Uh, then one of his crew told the other colleague, uh, you're just a fucking pussy, pussy. I am guessing. Uh, I'll beat the shit out of you. Hadal said the six foot five, 256 pound Goddard then put out his hand, put his hand on his friend, which can be seen in the video. At this point, I was in fear of for both my friend's well-being, especially due to the fact that there were 10 of them and they were not familiar with the area or we were not familiar with the area. I protected my friend and then was ambushed by five to seven individuals that punched, kicked through beer bottles, etc., trying to cause me bodily harm, which I received medical treatment for at the hospital the next day. Well, it mm-hmm. couldn't have been that bad if it was the next day. Uh, what say you about Dallas Goddard maybe just flicking the guy in the ear at the previous bar? <laughs> I don't buy it. I mean, we saw what happened really? in the video. I mean, we saw really? what happened in the video. Really? He was, I mean, it was, it was a dirty, blindsided punch to the side of his face. He was even looking at the guy and it looked like Dallas Goddard in the video was just walking towards, I don't know who, you know, maybe he was talking shit to one of his buddies, but it was still a dirty hit. And when you're a grown man and you hit another grown man, you always have to think about what the consequences are and not, you know, what I don't disagree escalated. With that. 
you know, the entire thing because you have the potential of killing somebody just by knocking them into the, you know, in the side of the face and knocking them out. You know, they, they, they land awkwardly on the floor, their neck snaps, their, their head bounces against the concrete, whatever, or tiles. I mean, you really, whenever you, 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 I mean, every action has a reaction basically. So if, if in that moment, no matter how pissed off, how disgruntled you are, I mean, you have to think about what you're doing in that instance. And, you know, he may have an argument, but on the video, it is seen that he is hitting a man and knocking him to the ground. And that is potentially, it could have potentially caused um, serious injury or even death. Yeah. Well, that's, yes, that yeah, is true. I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, if, if just imagine he punches him, you know, he, he blacks out, just falls to the ground, knocks his head against the concrete. Uh, he has, um, you know, a, a brain hemorrhage and dies. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, it, it was just, I mean, the whole Unlikely, thing. Unlikely, but possible. Oh, for sure. I mean, the whole thing just reminded me of my small town upbringing <laughs> in upstate New York that Ronnie was mentioned earlier. I saw the bar and like the footage of the bar. You know, this is the kind of dumb shit that you do when you're in your, you know, early 20s, really low, you know, late teens. You, you don't just leave, right? You don't just leave the bar because you're having a hard time or because these guys are, you know, you're, in, you're, you're, you can feel a beef brewing. Instead, you go to the same bar with them, at the, and, and then you carry it on at the next place. Uh, so, you know, regardless of what Goddard and his buddies were doing, the correct thing would have to do would have not been to go to the second bar, to go somewhere else. Maybe there's another bar in Aberdeen. Maybe there's three bars there. I'm not sure. Uh, but do something else other than go there and continue to instigate, because maybe Goddard and his buddies were giving them a hard time, but... I would they ask they, for chilled, an they left the I'd bar. Like, oh my god, are you Dallas yeah. Goddard? <laughs> and then they went to the next bar. Uh, and these things never end well, especially in these types of environments. These small town, tough guy. You looked at my girlfriend. You know, cross-eyed kind of town. You seem towns. to know a lot about. I this do. Band. I do. Uh, because it happened to me on my 21st birthday, and I never did it again after that. Uh, you know, we had gotten into it with these guys at the bar. You know, we were you know yelling back and forth, yelling back and forth. Um, you know, nothing really came of it at the bar, but we happened to be driving down. The street in our, in this small town, after we left the bar, my buddy was drunk. I was drunk. I uh, decided that we were going to give him the finger out the window and they pulled off the road. We pulled off the road and what followed smart. was not good. It was not good. It, it turned out okay. You got your ass beat, right? It, yeah. <laughs> and it turned out okay for me physically in the long run, but my buddy actually lost about a quarter of the top of his ear. Wow. Uh, because while on the ground, one of the guys that, that was fighting with him bit <laughs> part of his ear off. This is a true story. And I had to take, you know, he wouldn't go to the hospital. I had to make him go to the hospital. That's, that's, that's pretty dangerous. I but mean, yeah, so he, he, infection, he about, about a quarter size a piece of his ear, ear got, got bit right off. Loses his entire ear. You know, but right. that's, See, that's in yeah. a moment you think you're a tough guy and then it doesn't go well for yeah. you. But for anybody out there at a bar that's drunk, just walk away because you could potentially kill somebody. If you're a grown Absolutely. man in your twenties and you knock somebody out, you could potentially kill them. Walk away. I mean, that was one of the things that I really fell in love with when I first moved to California uh, because this was like routine where I was from in New York, you know, every weekend, Bar clear, something you get your ass knocked on the ground because the bouncer's dragging two guys out the front door because they're fit, you know, there's a fight in the bar. They don't fight in the bars out here. It's very rare to see a fight, like a fist I mean, fight, they, they, in, an, in a, even in, even in some of the, the quote unquote divey bars in Los Angeles. It, it, I don't get the energy that I got in New York, even in New York City in the eighties and nineties. 
there were a lot of bar fights. Hey, you looking at my? <laughs> yeah, hey, you looking, looking at, at my, my girl. girlfriend? Hey, I mean, bro, bro, and they, come and on. they just don't do it out here. I mean, uh, they're very rare to see a bar fight. I mean, I've seen inside them the bar. I mean, obviously, I've, you know, you've seen them happen, but I mean, but it, it was, I, I it was a weekly I've, occurrence I've never, at every bar. Every you know, bar. lived in uh, in New York um, it, or any small towns like Aberdeen. All New That's Yorkers, what they do. All New Yorkers that I knew are a little more mouthy than than uh, than Californians. They have you know sort of big mouths. Um, Nothing but, wrong with that, baby. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess I guess you know that is true. Where it doesn't maybe escalate it as does, often. I, yeah. Out here, as maybe it does in, you know, I don't know about New York. And the bars are open till four, so. Yeah, you you get drink a little bit more. But, you know, for anybody out there listening, just walk away. But that's That's the beauty of age, right? I mean, at least for me, anyway. That's the beauty of age. Uh, I continued to instigate fights for my friends after that. Uh, (laughs) But I told them I was not going to actually engage in the actual altercation. Uh, because it, it hurts. (laughs) It hurts when you get your ass beat. Um, but. You know, when you get older, you don't let that kind of, you don't let it get to you. You walk away, you leave, you go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, like when we go to Vegas, you know, you don't, you don't stick around and get in a fight. You're, mm-hmm. you're a grown adult, guys being a jerk, they're being assholes, but is it really worth ending up in, you know, Clark County think, jail? Well, they have like the 10, 10, 10 rule, right? It's like the 10, 10, 10 rule. What's that? It's like, how much is this going to mean in 10 minutes? How much is it going to mean in 10 days? How much is it going to mean in 10 months? And how much is it going to mean in 10 years? You know, do you want to really escalate this beyond the 10 minutes that you're arguing and potentially turn into something that would, could affect you 10 months down the line or even 10 years down the line if you knock this dude out and he has serious injuries and you end up in jail for 10 years? Is it really worth it? Is no, it really it's definitely it? not worth it. So you think, about though, it. you think about that rule. Is it really worth it at all? It's not. I don't know if you've ever heard of that rule, yeah. but I've heard I, that rule. I, I, yeah, <laughs> but, I, but luckily I, mine was the, the PPP rule. This was painful, painful, painful. Uh, it was just a PPP. Um, Ten minutes from now, you could be, you know, driving home. You're still pissed off, but you know, the, it, it it hasn't escalated beyond what it could mean in ten months or potentially ten years. Yeah, because what's your pride really worth? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, uh, that, and that's really what it's about. Because you're never going right? to see that it's dude. It's all about. It's all about pride. It's you're all not about... going to see that dude ever again in your life, most likely, unless you're from a small town, maybe. But then you might become friends in the future. You never know. Um, but you know, just let it go. Walk away and don't sucker punch Dallas Goddard. Yeah, don't sucker punch anybody. I mean, you're, you're grown adults. You know, if you're if you're a teenager or whatever. But once you get to be a certain age, you shouldn't be engaging in yeah. this type of thing. Yeah, at a certain age, I mean, it, it kind of hurts. I mean, your shoulder might come out. You yeah, know? I mean, you might dislocate a shoulder just by throwing a punch. You know, I mean. Yeah. So after that, I mean, I be, I sort of became the peacemaker. I mean, I was the guy who was like, "Is this really like? Is this you know? We're gonna." We're going to hang out. We're going to go get some food. We're going to have a good time. You know, we're going to go to the diner. We're going to get some eggs in a couple hours. Do we really, do, do you want to end up, do, does this do really need to, do you want to ruin some hard boiled eggs after this? Do you want to ruin our whole freaking night over this dumb asshole yeah, over yeah. here? You know. Hey, you looking at my girl. Yeah. Let's, that, you know, that was bro. 90% of it. Bro. And yeah. Although in your town, I don't, I don't know what accent they had. They didn't say bro. Uh, no. uh, no, we were yeah. in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that this looking, at, you're looking at my fiance. girlfriend. This is my future fiance over here. Wait, wait, what are you looking at? What, what's your problem? <laughs> is that a pretty good accent? That's, uh, that's, that's, that's Jersey. Is that, is that pretty? Okay. It's, it's Jersey, more right? Jersey. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
you know, think of your cousin, and and that that's more I, of I sort know. of yeah, that's sort I, of I more of a jersey. That, I think about the diaspora every yeah. summer. I go to Croatia. <laughs> it's like that. A lot of the diaspora. <laughs> that 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 the, uh, the New Yorkers have. But uh, yeah, so don't Melody. do it. Don't fight. Don't get into these types of altercations. It's not worth it. Listen to Frane. <laughs> ten, ten, ten. Your pride is not worth it. You're not less of a man if you walk away. Uh, you might be more of a man. Yeah. If you walk away and just let it go. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't walk away and you spend your life that way, you end up as Antonio Brown. <laughs> shot. <laughs> All right. Shot. I'll do a half a shot. I'll do uh, a half a shot. You could. You just couldn't leave it alone. You <laughs> I just couldn't leave it alone. Uh, no. All right. Uh, next up, the Seattle Seahawks. This is from the Seattle Times. Michael Gervais, no relation to Ricky Gervais. The Seattle's Seahawks high performance psychologist had just finished a long, long, passionate explanation of how the program Seahawks coach. You just couldn't walk away from that. All right, let's do it. There it is. I, I was talking about the ten, ten, ten. You're just gonna walk walk away from that, Ben. Uh, but I wouldn't <laughs> fight with Antonio Brown if he were here in my house. No, I, I, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Ah, from a distance. I'll yell at him from a yeah, distance. from a distance. Long distance. But he could catch me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's pretty fast. So, uh, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll has put together, uh, has put together can in a loving and compassionate and empathetic way help people realize their full potential. Carroll, who was also participating in the Zoom call, chimed in with a slight chuckle. He said, we just want to do, do that so we can kick ass. This is the way we think we can do it best. Uh, by now, Carroll's uh, relationship-based approach, much like Phil Jackson, uh, to team building has become his calling card. He partnered with Gervais about 10 years ago to help crystallize the science behind this approach. And now the two are putting together the philosophy in an audible original, which I will listen to, uh, called Comp- Compete to Create, an approach to living and leading authentically. Uh, it will be released July 9th exclusively on Audible. Uh, as Carol alluded, he believes that by enabling players and coaches and staff to achieve fulfillment, they will be more productive in helping the entire Seahawks organization kick ass. As Pete Carroll said, call us crazy, uh, but we believe that if you cherish the people in your organization and saw them as unique, extraordinary individuals that they are with all the special things that they offer in the environment, that you're in and you celebrate that, that everything about that business and your business, everything about your environment, everything about your club, your team is going to get better. Uh, it's really a simple thought, but when you do it in a loving and caring way for the people you already have around you, and if you wholly do that, everything about your environment is going to improve. You're going to have more fun. You're going to have, enjoy it more. It's going to be richer. Uh, so we hope to share that approach through our stuff extended from football. Maybe if it hit home, it hits home. If we're lucky, uh, Carol furthermore believes that finding one's own purpose can help break down the barriers and divisions that are rampant in society today. You can't worry about other people. He said you can be concerned about developing your own position and mentality and philosophy and approach. More people have to be centered in what's really the truth to them. Uh, and ultimately, this that is what Carol has been trying to convey to his players since joining the Seahawks in January 2010 and vowing to build a team better than it's ever been before. That quest has had peaks and valleys and hasn't resonated with every player, Richard Sherman, at least not long-term, but his own belief hasn't wavered because Richard Sherman doesn't care about being cherished. He cares about how much money he gets paid. But what do you think? I love everything I read about Pete Carroll, everything I learn about Pete Carroll makes me understand why that team is so successful Mm -hmm. year in and year out, why the USC team 
was so successful uh, and why he's I mean, such there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes well, yeah. there too why they were so successful boosters and... be doing what boosters yeah. do uh but this approach appears to be working and Pete Carroll has the confidence yeah. to, to deploy I mean, it. I mean, Phil seems, Jackson had the confidence. Yeah. I mean, it seems like when it. you when you create a cohesive unit like that, where everybody's on the same page, then obviously you're going to have success. Um, so you know, I mean, he, he's proven it year after year. I mean, ever since he, you know he came into the league, I think the first year with the Seahawks, maybe he was seven and nine. But ever since then, I mean, he's he's built a great program there. They've never had more success in the past. What they were they came into the league in '67, so. 70s. Six, I thought they came in the 70s. Was no? it 70? I can't, yeah. I can't remember exactly. But I mean, it, you know, they, they've never had this much success under any other coach but him. And he does an excellent job. He's a great coach. If only he would throw the ball a little more often. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's true. I mean, it is, that is, that is true. Uh, but, I, but I love this. I mean, I love uh, everything about Pete Carroll and it shows how much confidence he had, how much a coach like Phil Jackson, how much confidence personally that he had. To be able to do the things he did with his players. I mean, it, 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 it treats every per, and it's hard, right? Yeah. It's hard, uh, to get to know people when you have a huge roster yeah, and treat them individually. You know, basketball is a different story because you have 15 total guys on the roster. You know, you have a lot, you know, some of those bench guys, but yeah. in the NFL, 50 I mean, plus guys, plus you know, your practice squad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have, you have a ton of guys on there that you want to, you know, create a bond with, and he does an excellent job, um, creating these bonds. Yeah. So like Bobby players. Wagner is still there and Richard Sherman is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, I just, it, it, it's hard and it, and it takes confidence and Phil Jackson keep going back to him because I think he did sort of, you know, the same thing. It's, it's contrary to, you know, the approach that you have to treat everybody the same. Like everybody says, I just want to be treated the same. But you can't treat people the same. Uh, you know, some people need more encouragement. Some people need more discipline. Some people, you know, get extraordinary anxiety when they do a certain task. So you don't assign that particular. Why would you assign that task to them mm-hmm. if they are really good at another task that also needs to be done? Um, and it just shows his flexibility and his management style that I think it, it makes being on the team, playing for the team more enjoyable. And it probably makes winning more rewarding when it happens. And I think you can see that from the players that have stuck with him for so many years and, and really believe in, in everything that he stands for. And maybe it's not the only philosophy. Maybe it's not the best philosophy. Uh, but I think if you're not going to win the Super Bowl anyway, odds are, uh, better to enjoy the 16 or 18 games you play mm-hmm. than to not enjoy them. I'm sorry, I'm drinking. Yes, that's ben. okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I completely agree with you. I mean, that's why he you know continues to be one of the best coaches in the in the, in the league uh, year in year out. I mean, he's he's always you know at the top, always you know winning 10, 11 games, twelve games a year, and you know making deep playoff runs. If not, you know making all the way to the Super Bowl. But there, you know, there, there's 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 um you know I, I wouldn't say method to his madness, but that's you know it, whatever he's doing. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, I just, I, you know, it, it, it just next to Mike Tomlin, he's been able to, you know, keep a lot of these guys around that, that didn't seem to do well before or after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Sherman has been nothing but a headache since he left, uh, Seattle. I mean, he was able to keep Marshall and Lynch there after just a miserable time in well, Buffalo. I mean, I wouldn't, 
I mean, but he was Marshawn. able to. But, he, but that's a personality. That's like a Dennis Rodman type yeah. personality, from, from right? Marshawn, it's like you can't just you can't for, say you're going to be here at this time. You're going to do these drills. You're going to do this, and you're, otherwise you're off the team. Yeah, I, I know. But from Marshawn, I mean, it's a whole different perspective. Uh, you know, because of that one huge play in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah running. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have ever forgiven a coach if you didn't hand me the ball and I could have been the freaking hero of the Super Bowl and he took that away from him but Marshawn still decided to come back and play for this team for this coach but you know he just has that in him that ability you know to uh you know to mentor these guys and and to motivate them and 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 to find some sort of a connection with them um uh, but yeah, yeah I, because I, you haven't heard Marshawn Lynch but Pete Carroll on blast. No, no, I and, would, I would have. I mean, and that, I would have. And that's a function of how, the relationship that he probably mm-hmm. built with him. Yeah. You know, Richard Sherman. You can't build a relationship with Richard Sherman because, you know, his whole life is about how much whether people are showing him respect in whatever way he believes he deserves to be shown respect. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really like hearing, you know, real successful management principles in place at a, in in sports because Phil Jackson proves that it works. Popovich proves that it works. Uh, Carroll's proved that it works. Tomlin has proven that it works. Belichick. And Belichick, well, Belichick's got a different management style, I yeah, think, I a little bit. Still, I mean, the guys, he always finds the guys. Yeah. And, and they, and they, by all accounts, they love him until the end. <laughs> Tom Brady. I mean, you don't, you don't find a lot of guys going out there and talking yeah. shit about, you know, Belichick. You know, I'm not, you know, maybe he keeps a lot of stuff under wraps. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Um, because he doesn't really, you know, he, he's, uh, he doesn't say much. I mean, he, he just doesn't really, you don't know the culture sort of that's been created in, in, you know, in, in New England as in, uh, Seattle. I mean, in Seattle, yeah. it seems more, I don't know, more, uh, transparent, uh, than it is in, in, yeah. I mean, most guys that leave the, the Pats say, you know, something like, it's not fun. Yeah. But you win. But you win. Yeah. And Pete Carroll wants to have both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan. And essentially, <laughs> and Kobe, and, and Kobe, Shaq, uh, and Pippen. Pete Carroll has, you know, a version of Michael Jordan at the quarterback position. He just needs the complimentary pieces around him. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our feel good story. Uh, this is your favorite segment of the show. that intro all right this week we have x Steeler lawrence timmons a huge beast for the Steelers on defense for a long time uh this is from florence south carolina former high school wilson high school football standout and nfl player lawrence timmons donated five hundred thousand dollars to the school toward a new football stadium according to florence one school's district officials Timmons was a star athlete at Wilson High School who went on a notable college football career before eventually landing in the NFL where he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. The donation will go towards several different areas within Wilson High School's athletics program, specifically the renovation of the new athletic stadium. District officials said with the money, a new track will be installed and additional seating will be constructed to bring the home side seating in the stadium to 5,000. Tiger Stadium will also get a facelift with new signage at the stadium entrance. Uh, uh, Principal Eric Robinson said he was grateful for the donation. 
I am very appreciative of Mr. Timmons' contribution, Robinson said. This just goes to show that he remembers where he came from and that he will always be a tiger. The donation comes on the heels of the completion of Wilson's new weight room, where the equipment also features features the very familiar, familiar Wilson purple and gold. Go Lakers. I am excited to see what everything looks like when it's done, Robinson said. Our students and our alumni deserve the best. I think this will motivate them to be even better on the field. Robinson said that he believes this donation is the largest alumni donation ever made at one time. Uh, Lawrence Timmons is a wonderful example for all our alumni. Uh, school superintendent Richard O'Malley said he has moved and he's moved away and gone on to bigger things, but he remains connected to William or Wilson High School and gives back to the, that community in very different and many different ways. Uh, Timmons said that he is happy to be able to contribute to facilities and will be that will be used by future Tiger athletes and the community. Timmons said all of these upgraded facilities around the school and the athletic complex give students a renewed pride in their school. I'm glad to play a part in that. What say you, Friday, about Lawrence Timmons, defensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Actually, he was a linebacker, I think. Awesome news, Ben. Awesome news, as always, bringing these wonderful stories to light. Yeah, but that's a lot of money. I mean, $500,000, that's like an entire year's salary for Cam Newton. <laughs> well, Cam <laughs> Newton doesn't have to worry about money. But that's back sure. when Timmons was playing, he retired. Golly, retired. Golly, gee Golly, whiz. Gee. Jiminy Jollikers, guys. about five years ago, I think. Maybe not even that long ago. <laughs> what happened to you? There was, talk, <laughs> there was talk that he was going to come back. Golly, guys. Golly. Uh... <laughs> And now here's something I think you'll really like. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Timmons retired a few years ago. There's actually even talk of him coming back potentially, uh, for another run, but there's, there's no way. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, uh, Timmons, great guy, great stealer, great alum great of Wilson news. High School. Feel good news. And there you are. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? All right, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week, which is in honor of the 4th of July weekend. 4th of July. I'm going to have to grab those. Yeah, can you, 4th of July. It doesn't even feel like it. I mean, it, I feel like I just left work on it, March 17th. It feels like January. I feel like I like just walked out of work Yeah. to to... start working from home on March 17th, and then I was just sent in a time <laughs> machine to today. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel real. I mean, it definitely, I mean, you know, this is the time of year where we're sort of getting ready to go on vacation, see where we're going to stay, you know, looking up, you know, booking.com to see, you know, what uh, openings they have at whatever city. And now we can't even go to Europe. Nah, nah. I don't no, even no, think anyone no, from the U.S. can go to Europe. Uh, there were, there was talks of closing down the borders from the EU for anybody from the U.S. We're going to have to get our Croatian passports. At, uh, least, at least if we can get somewhere close, we can get yeah. in. Yeah. But even, even then, I mean, I'm sure this summer is not going to be spectacular anywhere you go, unless you like empty beaches or, you know, empty cafes or pubs or wherever you're going. I like when there's a lot of people around. I, you know, I, I love to see, you know, folks from different countries and just number. sort of, just sort of, you know, people watching. I love people yeah, watching. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to, you know, kind of put a damper on things, uh, this year. Oh, for but, sure. you know, hopefully next year things will improve. We'll see what happens, but I hope so. Sucks. I hope so. Yeah. We we're talking to, uh, Sonia's mom was talking to a few folks that lived over there. I'm not sure if you did, but, uh, the, the city near where, uh, your family grew up, I guess was just packed, just full of tourists. Hmm. Uh, the news came about, 
uh, potential COVID nineteen outbreak, <laughs> and I guess within a day due or two, to, uh, due to Djokovic uh, yeah. and, and and the tennis well, tournament that they had over there, where uh, is that what know, it was? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they said, but well, whatever it was in two days, everybody was gone. Yeah, like yeah. literally, the whole city just emptied out. But I'm I'm pretty sure that's how it's, how it is in in a lots of. I mean, all over the world, it's going to be like that. I mean, you're gonna have those people that are going to be out and about no matter what's going on in the world. But uh, you know, there are a lot of folks that are just going to be staying, you know, at home. Yeah. And, just I like mean, me and you, Ben. I mean, I enjoy this. Yeah. You know, I, Six I, can't feet go away. On, I can't go on Six vacation, feet away. but I do love doing these podcasts and putting them together. Yeah. We were going to do one from over there. So we will definitely yeah, we do, do one, one last year from somewhere next year. Uh, even if we have to walk down the street and bang on a random neighbor's house and say, we just need to be somewhere else. We need Wi-Fi. Yeah. We need, we need your <laughs> Wi-Fi password. All right. We'll be right back. I'll grab those shot of the week from the fridge. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. I'm excited to try this shot, Ben. It's an honor of the 4th of July weekend. It's American Independence Weekend, and uh, the shots are red, white, and blue, appropriately enough. And uh, in the shots tonight, Ben, we have it's a layered shot. It's a beautiful shot. Um, it is concocted with some strawberry vodka. And a little bit of blue uh, curacao. And we also have a little bit of a uh, peach schnapps sitting on the bottom with a maraschino or maraschino, however you want to pronounce that, cherry. Maraschino. Sitting I on think. the bottom. Well, I, I think it's maraschino, but a lot of Americans Is it? say maraschino. But, oh, yeah. Stupid American. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like you were trying to play another song there, Ben. I was, but for some reason the computer not, is not cooperating with me. Well, we have Franny's song oh, instead. My song. Okay, that one's coming on uh, loud and clear. And also, I forgot to uh, announce that the rim on these shots is Pop Rocks, Ben. And uh, so it, it's it's supposed to mimic the effect of the fireworks oh, going off. So I can't wait. Fireworks going off. I can't wait. In your mouth as we sip this down. And uh, we've dubbed this shot the Cherry Popper, Ben. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Ingredients one more time. It is strawberry vodka. Well, well, the bottom part, the bottom clear portion is just peach schnapps. And then the blue portion on top is strawberry uh, vodka with uh, blue curacao mixed together. I didn't add the lime. I I got the lime juice. I meant to add the lime juice to it. I did not. I forgot. But even like this, I'm sure it will be delicious. Maybe just a little bit less of that sourness to it. Um, but the no the Tabasco, rocks, no Tabasco, no Tabasco, Ben. All right, you want to give it a shot? <laughs> Let's give it a shot, Ben. Cheers to you. Cheers. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth. Jack's regular drink, but tonight that won't do. He don't care what you think. Mmm. Papa di papa. It's actually pretty good. It's it's actually uh. Much sweeter. You're, you're eating the cherry now. How's I got the cherry? It out. How's the cherry? The maraschino cherry is very good. It's very sweet. Um, it's funny because with these cherries, the ones in the glass right now are an off-brand maraschino. You hear that popping? Yeah, I hear it. I hear it on the podcast. Those are the fireworks going off. <laughs> Not on the podcast, but in my headphones, I can hear it. So I'm sure all of our listeners will be able to hear it. But it's funny because the maraschino cherries in there, the 
the little jar that I got was Your probably like, elitist. It, was, it was probably like three bucks. But then if you wanted like the name brand, like Maraschino cherries, it was like $21 for a little jar of these little cherries. It was fucking ridiculous. It was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, how do you sell cherries for $20, $21 for a little jar? How do you go I out with it. somebody who would pay $25 for Maraschino cherries? He's a close talker. That's crazy. He's a that near talker. Crazy. He's a high talker. Are you done? What's the deal with cherries? What's the deal with the prices of cherries? <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you? I mean, how much is a cherry actually worth? worth? <laughs> and it's pitted. You don't even get the seed. Mm. Uh, this shirt is puffy. Well, that was popular back in the day. <laughs> That's why. What's you know, the deal? You don't see Seinfeld on TV anymore. He made all his money when that was popular. Comedians, but now. And comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Larry David was, uh, you know, another, uh, co-creator of that show and he's gone on to just be, it's just as funny for, I don't even know how many more years it's been. Uh, but I'm also, uh, we should point out, Franny does these shots every single week folks he comes up with a new shot every week unique yes some of the ideas are uh, inspired by other shots but he does come up with an original shot every single week for all of us he buys all the ingredients he mixes it up he makes a mess yeah. of my kitchen every single every <laughs> I do. single saturday I do. night i feel terrible um <laughs> but the shots are well worth it some are high octane some are low octane uh some have accoutrements some have uh, different things on the top mixed in some are thin uh in terms of their consistency some are a little chunky in terms <laughs> of their consistency but they are all original and all thirst and goal productions. Thirst and goal certified. <laughs> so these are awesome. Uh, this one I would give a nine out of 10 if we were rating these, you know, these shots. Are, oh, these are actually pretty. I mean, for, for the, for the holiday. Yeah. I yeah. mean, these are, these are perfect because of the pop rocks. You know, it's, I can still feel it popping in my mouth. We hear the fireworks going off in the background over here. Fireworks. You have the red, white, bark, and blue. Police. I mean, these are, you know, just, just get the cheaper cherries. <laughs> Don't go out. Well, and get I don't know how much those twenty dollars cherries taste like. Well, I don't maybe, know what they maybe taste it like. Tastes like twenty dollars cherries. They but might be pretty. They might be like a macadamia nut of cherries. But I saw that and I was like, I'm gonna go buy like twenty pounds of cherry. You just got at, Friday's personality new, in a nutshell right there. At that new Aldi, definitely that new Aldi over there. I haven't visited. Where's the, it. Where's the Aldi it's, at? It's right next to uh, the Total Wine. They have that new Aldi. Uh, right next to the 24 hour fitness, uh, oh, really? right next to the Best Buy over there. Yeah. Interesting. Cause mm -hmm. I've been, I've been wanting to go to Aldi for some time. Not that our listeners want to hear this. I mean, it looks empty. But there was, there's one in Van Nuys, but yeah, I no, didn't want to drive all the way out to I Van Nuys. Mean, maybe our listeners want to hear this because Aldi is new to the U.S. Yeah. now. I mean, obviously, well, we no, see I had it. it in upstate New York. Oh, for real? Yeah. Aldi? In my small town that you made oh, fun of many God. times tonight, we had Aldi in the nineties. So wow. yes, thank you. All right. Los Angeles. All right. For then. catching up to upstate New York population 2000 in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have an Aldi's. Thank you very much. <laughs> maybe you guys hung never, out. Maybe you guys hung out in the woods. I never I, I hung out in the Target parking lot. I was way cooler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I want never, no trees. I never hung out. <laughs> I don't want target. no trees and water. Never. I want me, I want me some asphalt. <laughs> I'm not from Florida, <laughs> but but uh, not, not that it's wrong to hang out. But it does explain why you've never Walmart seen Dazed and Confused. That is true. Lot. 
but if I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Well, that's what I always tell people. They, my neighbors, or whoever, they they complain. I'm like, where do you want these kids? They're like, you poked in front of my house, smoking pot. I'm like, okay. Did they? I mean, what? Are they, did they break into your house? Did they? Are they like? What are they doing? They're just smoking pot out there. I'm like, it's the city. Where do you want them to go? Like, I went to the woods. There are no woods for these kids to go. Where do you want them to hang out? You know, they're not up to anything. You know, it's just like this, this attitude that like, it, it, but I feel for these kids in the city because there's nowhere to go where no one. Yeah, is. there's nowhere to go in a city of 15 but, million people. But if you don't want, if you don't have a, a, a home to go to or an apartment, there's nowhere um, to go where people won't know that you're there. You always find a place to go. When Brent's dad is out of town, bro, <laughs> he's, he's on a business trip going to like Japan or to, I don't know, Tokyo or something. And like, you always find a place to go, bro. That's true, man. Cause Cody, Cody always had uh, a place. Street racing was always big. Oh, street racing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But there's always something to find in any city that's true. that you're in, but I obviously. Prefer- the woods and nature. Yeah. Just so we're just so we're clear. And I'm also going to open up as we sit I, here today. Yeah, man, I've never tried that I'm before. I'm opening up the big boy can of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Let me just go ahead and uh, there we go. Rinse out my glass. here. I am turning Franny on to my entire childhood here, and he's not impressed. All right, Ben, pour a little bit of that. But I'm sorry that we didn't have you know all of the micro brews that uh, you perfect. That you entitled liberals have out here on the West Coast. Well, I mean, I mean, if if we're talking about high school, um, uh, you know, my high school was the early two thousands. Right. So my I mother didn't early, give me gold bullion in, when in I the left the early like they do out here. Two thousands. Um, I mean, it was just. I mean, to me, it was regular beer. I mean, it was just like a regular. I mean, you don't you don't think of Pabst Blue Ribbon. I mean, that, that's that seems like something like you would drink in a fraternity and like. We can't afford Heineken in 1987. <laughs> I know, but it's it's now it's like it's it's cheap. Well, I mean, now, now it's cheap. Yeah, now it's cheap. Then, I mean, then it was that was today's microbrew. Yeah, <laughs> it's foreign. I mean, it was it's from I mean, the Heineken's little country. Those type. I mean, it's from like the Moosehead. Moosehead was a delicacy. It's from the Netherlands. <laughs> I love Moosehead, but that was a delicacy. You know, I mean, you're talking, you're talking. All you right. know, let's give this Pabst, Pabst. a sniff. Making three freaking fifty an hour. What do you want me to buy? It smells. It smells all right. It smells like beer. I'm, yeah, I'm, Pabst is probably one of the better of the uh, cheap beers. Has a little bit of head on it. You know, just not 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 crazy thick head, but you know, it's Snow White. It's all right. <laughs> all right, let me give it's us a, good. Let me give us What's a, the deal with nineteen eighties <laughs> beer? Cheers, Ben. Why weren't you drinking Lagunitas? You didn't have any Golden Road. Saranac. I like Saranac. I wish I could find that out here. It is extremely light. I mean, this is really, really light beer. Um, but I do like the crispness. It does have crispness on the finish. Um, when comparing it to the other, you know, sort of cheaper beers like the Miller or the Foster. And when I was first in college, like this was a, this Faustus. was an upgrade, man. When dollar beer um, night, they didn't give you this. I mean, now they do, but, um, it's actually, it's not terrible. It's actually not bad. I mean, it's it, better it, than the Miller, right? This is, yeah, it is. I, this is something that the hipsters love this shit. You could drink. Well, they like, they like, they like saying they like, like you say now you mow the lawn. It's hot outside. I mean, today it was like 95 degrees. I mean, just imagine mowing the lawn today. You crack one of these huge cans open and this is enjoyable. 
and it's much better. It is better than the Miller. It is better than the Fosters. It has that nice crisp finish. It is refreshing. Um, you know, it's not top quality beer, but this is definitely uh, better than I expected. Uh, I would give this a uh, six and a half. Yeah, very nice. Out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it about a six. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is... uh, It's not bad. It's actually not bad. PBRs are probably one of the better domestic beers out there. It's, for in this class. No, I mean, the Buds, with, yeah, the Millers, with, I mean you the, can't like, yeah, you yeah. can't you can't place it on a pedestal or anything, but it, it well, is... Well, it is the Blue Ribbon yeah, of beers. Yeah, right, because it won the Blue Ribbon, like, back when there was, like, three beers available in the U.S., Um, but, you know, it's good. This is the shit the monks traveled with. Good enough. Not the monks. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, the monks or the whatever we had over here. What do we have over here? The missionaries. Pilgrims. The missionaries. <laughs> There's all these missions all over California. I assume they must have been filled with missionaries. Yeah, at some no, point. they were they were drinking the um, est- ale. Estrella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, all right. But uh, yeah, so Pap's not bad. It's actually not bad. I'll give you credit, Ben. Out of out of the last three weeks. Of drinking your um, boyhood uh, beers, uh, this is probably the better ones. I'm not sure what you have planned for next week. It, it's getting closer to being Rolling Rock. Uh, Rolling Rock's not bad. I'm not a huge signing likes it. I, I, to me, I, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan. What about of Rolling Rock. Michelob? Uh, Michelob, never a huge fan of Michelob never a, either. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, Sonia's yeah. <laughs> turning in for the evening. Uh, she was a co-host. Longtime listeners of the show will know her as our third host during the regular season. Typically, she'll be back during the regular season. She called Roger Goodell today and said, please, can you <laughs> delay the start of the season until November at least? Could you please do that? Uh, Sonia got to hear my, she, you missed my rant about oh, yeah. Richard Sherman, uh, tonight, as well as Pete Carroll in the, uh, in the Seahawks, Many news, which was really, really good. That's why we're at two hours. <laughs> All right. Huh? The shot? Oh, try it, son. There's one chilling in, in the, fridge. the fridge right now. Try All right. It. Just taste it. It's taste good. it and come back and let us know what it's you It's good. Think. Sonia, Sonia did try the blue portion of the shot, and it was pretty strong uh, because I did add a little extra vodka uh, to the blue part of the shot, and you should try the whole thing. Well, we're off the rails tonight. It's 4th of July, so we're off the rails. We're drinking tonight. We're drinking tomorrow. Yeah. It's it's a lost weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners probably heard that. Well, it's a lost four months. All right, Sonia. Good night. Good Good night. night. Try the shot, though. Try the shot. Yeah, well, Sonia is going to bed. She was, like Ben mentioned, uh, our third co-host on the podcast. She's been on for a little while. She did try a little bit of the shot earlier uh, in the evening and said it was very strong, that blue part of the shot where I added the vodka and the blue curacao. Uh, but Ben, that Pabst Blue Ribbon, not bad. Not bad. That's actually something, yep. that, I, that's something that I could drink. Like, I, I could see myself going to a bar and order that over like just another light beer like a it's better than bud light it's better than bud light for sure yeah yeah all right and you just got a microcosm of what it is like to be married in a nutshell right there (laughs) i say it's a lost weekend she says to you which means do something productive why should you do something productive why do i have to do something productive uh but that is essentially why uh people make us better human beings (laughs) 
All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the night, which is a bourbon. We're going all American. We just had the Pabst Blue Ribbon. We had the red, white, and blue shot. And we have the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey from Charles Goodnight. It is the 100 proof. And Ben, I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. This was an interesting one when I saw it. I wasn't sure what to make of it. Uh, gentleman with a goatee on the cover. Uh, it's got a beautiful label though. Nice black label. Nice red, white, and blue sort of, uh, embossed, uh, label. It's very, very nice. Uh, but this is leather touch, velvet smooth. That's what Charles Goodnight has to say about this bourbon. Colonel Charles Goodnight was a force to be reckoned with when the West was still being won, relatively speaking. As an iconic cowboy, he blazed the historic Goodnight loving trail from Texas to Colorado, driving scores of cattle thousands of miles over the dusty plains and snow-packed passes. As a Texas Ranger lawman, he doled out vigilant vigilante justice not sure why he would dole out vigilante justice if he was a lawman but uh, <laughs> it's uh, a to, good story it's to, a good story to, you know to protect ranchers from it sounds good rustlers ranchers from rustlers and outlaws but good night had a herd or a head for commerce too building towns as well as businesses is this your shot song i mean yeah, your, your the brown like. song I've heard this in a while. This premium small batch bourbon harnesses the unique character of this legendary man. Unflappable, unforgettable, and one of a kind. Franny, what do you think about the explanation of the background I don't know. of this gentleman? <laughs> Who is actually, the basis of this of this beverage? I actually I didn't pay too much attention to you know the the actual bourbon. I just looked at the best bourbon that was available on the shelf because you know it is Fourth uh, of July weekend, Independence Day for the U.S. obviously, and so I wanted to go all American. You know we had the shot, red, white, and blue. Uh, we had that Pabst Blue Ribbon right there, Ben, which is all American as well in this bourbon, which was rated at ninety six. Uh, at total one and more, and once I saw it ninety six, I'm like, you know what? I don't care what it's called. Oh, for sure, I'm, I'm gonna grab for that sure. and see how it tastes. About forty bucks or so. You know, I figure that's fair for a bourbon that's rated at ninety six yeah. out of hundred. And I mean, it looks really good. Uh, we're gonna smell it in a second, but yeah, I mean, now those those days. Uh, you know, I watched a you know a piece on you know a caravan of folks that were that were going out west. Um, and you forget how dangerous it was back then. Obviously, we know the backstory of how, you know, people were, you know, how the West was conquered, how the U.S. was conquered, you know. But uh, there was a wagon train of, of folks that were going out and, and they decided that they were going to, instead of taking the normal route that people were going to take out West, they thought they were going to take a shortcut. They wouldn't get caught by the winter. So they took sort of a northern shortcut to get to. Uh, Northern California got caught in Colorado in the snow for four months and uh, ate each other. Yeah, what was that party called? I forget. It was a party. Uh, it was like I, it, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I just yeah, can't was, remember was the, just, the last name. I mean, there's like uh, the oh, was there really a name for that? The something party. I forget which party it was. But they thought, okay, we'll just take this shortcut. We won't get caught by too yeah, long. Of a, well, we'll beat the winter, and turned out they ended up eating each other, which yeah. I would definitely do if I had to. 
Uh, but <laughs> in order to survive, I guess. <laughs> I mean, now I know what would happen, Ben, if uh, you know we were driving together and our you know car broke down. Um, I'd be worried about you eating me <laughs> and devouring me. Absolutely. But, I mean, <laughs> and, and all of the you know all of the terrible things that happened. Like AAA, twenty minutes. <laughs> Ronnie, I'm going to take a bite of your. I'm going to take a bite out of your arm. You've been working out. I mean, your arms look pretty big. There's a lot of muscle on there. Uh, not a lot of fat. Uh, yeah, no. That'll sustain me for a couple of days. <laughs> couple of, uh, couple of minutes. But people forget, you know, Fuck how the beef jerky. Uh, the the what people had to go through. You know, back in, you know, the 1800s, the late 1700s, 1800s, uh, just to get from one place to another, uh, to just to move your family was a life and death, you know, struggle. And, you know, I, I, I can you imagine being the captain of that ship, the person or the persons that made the decision, you know, we're not going to follow the same. Uh, trail that everyone else is following. We're going to take a left up here. We're going to go a little oh, bit the north. the Donner Party. The Donner, the Donner Party. Party. That's what it is. Yes, that's what you're talking about, Ben. And just to just to get trapped for months and months in the snow. There's no, there's no Uber, there's no Postmates, there's no Coast Guard, there's no Marines to come and save you. Uh so it's pretty stark, pretty stark. Yeah, that got depressing pretty quickly. Let's let's but let's, uh, but let's try this instead. Uh, uh, but that's a testament to, regardless of how you feel about everything else that happened, it's a cheers, testament to the folks that you know built this country. At the very outset. All right. So just giving it a sniff on the nose. Ooh, it's, nose. it's it's very harsh. A little bit I'll on the really, nose. I, I, it's it's. Uh, I mean, you get uh, a lot of honey. I get the sweetness, but vanilla. also the spiritiness. Oh yeah, you definitely do get a lot. I mean, it is it is one hundred proof. Similar to the balconist, but definitely sweeter. On the nose. Hmm. Mm. God, smells nice. smells I mean, it nice. smells really nice. Though. I mean, it's 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 a it's a really good good smell, and uh, it's a really it's a really it's a <laughs> it smells it's really a good. good smell. I was gonna say it's a good Jethro <laughs> Jethro. <laughs> How's that moonshine smell to you? It's good. Good smell. It is. It, it smells good. That's a very good scent. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, so All right, let's, give, let's it give it a shot. Yeah, let's give it a shot, Ben. I mean, I mean, because when you smell it, like you're, you're trying to get the the aromas from it, but it just smells a lot like you would expect from it smells a, like a bourbon, a bourbon, a little sweet, pretty much. I mean, it smells like it's got a lot of honey or corn syrup in there. Ooh, ooh, that's uh, it's that's a little nice. bit harsh on the on the initial. You know, I, taste. I got, I mean, from from a 100 proof bourbon, it's actually quite smooth. smoother than I expected. You get a little bit of bite, but a lot of it is the spice, and a lot of the spice comes through the nostrils, goes down the throat. The spice is actually very nice. You get a nice uh, amount of creaminess to. It. I mean, it's not overly creamy. It's creamy, spicy, and this is actually. And I mean, I, I taste the alcohol, but I don't taste the alcohol. I feel it. I get the energy from the alcohol, but I don't taste it. It's got a sweetness to it. It's got a, a raisin. It's got a little bit of uh, sort of honey, almost a leatheriness. Oh yeah, Watch. it's got leather in there. No, no, no. Taste it. Taste it. Let it linger on the back of your throat for a second, and then oh, that's good. 
Let me just let, let me just let it linger there for a second, and and it's almost like not not biting into a leather belt, but it has a little bit of leatheriness right on the finish, along with the spice, and you get like that that nice it's little good. smoothness right afterward. For a 100 proof bourbon, this is. But the spice is nice. No, but it's it's like the it's almost like the perfect amount of spice. Yeah, I mean it's not spirity spice. It doesn't it's, like it's a genuine spice. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, it's got it's smooth. But you see it's, got what, a, it's got a great you see mouth. It's you, got a great mouthfeel. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. That I mean, little, it's got that, that leathery, how the West was one type of vibe on the back of my throat. Yeah, it, it actually it smells sweet, but then when you taste it, it doesn't have all of no. that sweet. It's not overly sweet. It just has a little bit. But it has the soft mouthfeel that mm-hmm. is a little surprising at 100 proof. I mean, it's got a nice, soft, creamy mouthfeel. That is a good bourbon. That is a very good bourbon. And I understand now why. Is it Texas, California? Where is this one made? Uh, I mean, it's... It, it, or does, does, isn't bourbon... Bourbon has to be made in a particular location um, or no? I mean, it says bottled by Goodnight Distillery in Fairfield, California. All right. So it's bottled. I'm not sure where the actual... Distillery. Bourbon comes from. Does it say on the website, though? Does it have that information? I'm not sure. Um, but... Uh, this is product of the USA on the front of the bottle. That's not shocking. Yeah, not a lot of information here. Contact us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should call <laughs> them right now and ask them where it's coming from directly. Made from a marriage of hand-selected six-year-old barrels, gentle yet bountiful aroma of vanilla and caramel with trails of honey and spice on the palate, smoky tobacco on the finish, See, I'm not getting the tobacco. I mean, the the corn, rye, and barley. I don't know what the mix is, though. The spice, for sure. I mean, the spice is... Vanilla, caramel, honey, spice, smoky tobacco. Perfect spice. Hmm. I mean, obviously, the honey. Honey is always usually there with the bourbons. Um, Yeah, but I love the spice in this one, though. I mean, it's it's, it's like the perfect amount, like that, that, that burn that you get. It's not overly spicy. It's like the, the the perfect amount. Well, that's many, many paragraphs of how yeah. they make it. <laughs> but it doesn't say... What does it say for contact? Yeah, it just has a... Oh, it just... just has a... Oh, oh. Know, that's, email that's, field. That's stupid. Well, I mean, we can always look and see if they... Uh, on the Secretary of State website, see <laughs> if they incorporate... If they have a license in California. Yeah, but I mean... It, it, but can you make bourbon in California? I suppose you can. They make it in Texas. Good. Yeah, why not? What can, well, there's one thing you can only make in Kentucky, I think. There's something that, you know, it has to, if it, if to call it a certain thing, it has to be from Kentucky. I just can't remember what that is. I know scotch has to come from Scotland. Yeah, 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 yeah. As it should. As it should. Uh, but what would you give this on our Thirsty Gold rating scale? You know, for a bourbon? A zero to ten. For a bourbon? Let me give it another sip real quick. As the fireworks go off in the distance. For a bourbon, I would probably have to give this a 10. I mean, it's well-balanced. Holy. F- it's well-balanced. The spice is almost perfect. I mean, the, the maybe, I mean, it, it, I mean, just that spice on the back of your throat goes wow. down. And it's and it goes down smooth after you get that spice, then it goes down smooth. 
Um, I would say that this is for a bourbon. Not the best. I mean, it's not the best drink that we've had on the show, but for a bourbon, this is a ten. As far as drinks that we've had on the show, damn, even a nine. Um, this is very Holy enjoyable. Moly. It goes down very nicely. I mean, the flavors are well balanced. Um, it's not overly one thing or another. It's not too vanilla, too honey, too sweet, too spicy. Uh, too spicy. I mean, it, it seems extremely well balanced. Well, we're gonna have to give this to uh, your friend there in that you work with who was on the podcast once a long time ago alex yeah. uh, i'd love to hear his thoughts because i was a little nervous i was going to give it an eight i don't you can give it whatever and you I want thought maybe I mean, you give it what you want i thought you were going to you know criticize me for giving it such a high rating no I, I, I think... uh, but yeah i'm gonna give it an eight yeah i think we've had i think i can't remember what bourbon i like better than this but i know there was one or two at some point that i liked a little bit better than this one but i agree that it's got everything mm-hmm. uh, it's a hundred proof it's smooth it got a beautiful mouthfeel and you know for the for the proof that it is the spice is amazing uh the sweetness on the on the nose is amazing mm-hmm. and the the you know all about the you know the mouthfeel and the finish it's you can't tell it's 100 proof no it, it, that's it, that's the shocking part of it is you know when you smell it it doesn't seem like it's going to have the same quality as when it goes into your mouth and you taste it. I mean, on the tongue, in the the mouth feel. It, I mean, it's, it was it's, pretty it's, simple on the nose. It, it's 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 not complex. It's not a complex sort of bourbon where you're wondering about what you're getting, but you're just getting everything at a very well balanced level. Like everything is just where it needs to be in the bourbon. Like when you think of bourbon, that. Right there is a bourbon. Yeah, when you think of bourbon, think of this. Yeah, I was actually going to look and see in our... can't remember. Uh, yeah, Sonia sent me the um, the entire list of everything that we had. I can't... All the bourbons? And I can't remember what I did with it. Yeah. But I'd be interested. And also within the price range, you know, $40, it's not overly expensive. I mean, there are scotches out there that are more money than this, way more money than this, that don't match, you know, that that, that flavor profile where everything is just, you know, well-balanced, enjoyable. You know, you could drink this on its own. You could drink it with ice. You could... uh, with cigar, whatever, but I mean, I I just I just feel it's just a really well balanced bourbon for a good price. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I and mean, we've tasted the Angel's Envy, mm-hmm. the Balcones. We did have their bourbon as well. The Buffalo Trace. The Buffalo Trace is also very very good. Yeah, the Clyde yeah. Mays. Uh, another Eagle Rare. I think we had two different Eagle Rare mm-hmm. offerings. Uh, the Elijah Craig small batch. Elijah Craig small batch for twenty dollars is also yeah. excellent for twenty bucks, but this is good. We had the High West, which was really good. Mm-hmm. The Jefferson's Reserve, eh, that was whatever. Yeah, not that great. Jim Beam for yeah. for ten bucks. That's you know. We had the Old Forester, the original. Uh, yeah, that was also good, but not better than this. Uh, the old granddad. That one had way too much bite. Yeah. Way too much. But that was like the the high proof old. And granddad. we had the Russell's Reserve. That one also not as good as this one. All right. So I'm going to stick with my eight. I don't think I gave any of those 
uh, an eight. And Franny is going to go with a 10. Our highest available rating. Good. I mean, I see now why. I mean, you know, they gave it a 96, but, um, I see why it's highly rated. I mean, you know, it just, it's, it's spot on. Given the South a run for their money is California on this beautiful, beautiful. If it is from California, we're not entirely sure, but it's bottled in California. This Charles Goodnight, 100 proof bourbon. Mm-hmm. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the night, which is an offering from Lagunitas, and I love their IPA. We'll see how this one is. It's the, uh, was it the something? Little something. Little something. Little something. Little something. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll get it out. We'll cool it, and we'll taste it for you. Hold tight. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week, and it is the Lagunitas Little Something Something Ale. And uh, Ben, I am a fan of the Lagunitas IPA. It's one of my favorite IPAs. It's up there. It is. Uh, I mean, it's available everywhere, pretty much. I mean, that's a pretty popular IPA, but I've never had this offering from Lagunitas, Ben, and I'm sure you have some information for us. Yes, this is the Lagunitas a little something or a little something. I got to take the T out. I think I put a T in everywhere on the podcast. Uh, this special ale is something fairly new under the sun. It's got a lot of wheat. It's rich with hop and it finishes dry or finishes dry. We've watched with some amusement as the internet beer rating sites argue o- over how to classify it. We're in the camp with Jaffe Ryder when he declares to Ray Smith that comparisons are odious. You ever notice how everything has to be Today's version of yesterday's whatever? Well, whatever. Sometimes we wonder what the world will be like if everything was perceived for what it is, as Pete Carroll would say, and not everything it reminds you of. The sun would rise every day as if it was for the first time. You'd wake as if newly born. That's a little intense for a beer. I know, seriously. Uh, And you'd see your lover next to you anew. The air would smell like flowers. Work would be like the first day back at school. And a beer would make your eyes roll back in your head in ecstasy. Well, maybe not. But you get the idea. Whoever wrote that? The beer. Yeah. Good job. I got to get a job doing that. I know. Because that doesn't seem that hard. Uh, (laughs) Beer specs. Uh, it's way smooth and silky with a nice weedy-esque-ness. A truly <laughs> unique style featuring a strong hop finish and a silky body. A hoppy pale wheat ale that is great for IPA fans, but not so, or, but smooth or so smooth that the Hefeweizen fans dig it too. I do not want to meet a Hefeweizen fan. Uh, the alcohol by volume is 7.5. The OG is 1. Point oh seven and the IBU is sixty four point two, so right in the mid range of bitterness. Uh, you can get it in a twelve ounce, six and twelve pack, and you can get it on tap throughout the country. Frane, what say you about that? So this is essentially as good as the sunrise, yeah, as good as a new lover, <laughs> as good as the first day of school. Uh, that's a pretty high bar to set for yourself, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, of the, well, at least the nose. Yeah. I mean, it smells good. I mean, it smells like an IPA. I mean, it smells very hoppy. Um, give it a, give it a sniff, Ben. I mean, you have the, the, the glass over give to the side right sniff. there. Come on, Ben. 
<laughs> Give it a sniff. I mean, it smells like an IPA. It almost smells like their their IPA. That's what it smells like. I'm not sure. It's what a little it weaker on the nose than the Ooh. IPA. Has 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 a nice strong. Do you hear IPA. the loons, Charlie? <laughs> Do you hear the loons, Charlie? What's that from? It's supposed to make me like you know feel something I've never felt before. It's from On Golden Pond. You never saw that either. Yeah. You never saw On Golden Pond. I don't even know what the hell On Golden Pond is. What is that? Oh my God! It's uh, Catherine Hepburn. I'm sure. Okay, Kat, Henry Fonda. Uh, I'm sure the majority of the people listen. Yeah, to this I think podcast the majority right of people have seen On Golden Pond. I don't. I don't. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. Do you hear the loons, Jolly? <laughs> a lot of people get that one. Cheers! I don't. I think you are That's the good. only one that got no, that. You got to <laughs> watch more movies. I I do. That is true. I do. Cheers! Let's see how this tastes. Oh. Ah, uh, a little lighter than I expected. Yeah, for seven and a half percent, less carbonation and, and bite than I expected. But it has it's got a little bitterness, but it's right it in that mid range. A little thicker in the mouth than the IPA. I mean, you get the hoppiness, but it seems like it has a little bit of um, almost like powderiness. Maybe that dryness that you're getting from it, maybe from the half, but. But it's a nice solid offering, though. It is. It doesn't have a lot of flavor on the on the tongue. Am I am I mm-hmm. crazy? I mean, it's not crazy hoppy, but it's it's almost like a light IPA, you know. I mean, it's got a nice finish. It's got a mm-hmm. nice bitterness to it. Maybe a little more bitterness would be nice. It doesn't have any fruit notes at all. No citrus, yeah. no nothing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I mean, you know, comparing it to the to their IPA, it's not as good. Um, it's it's a good offering, but if I had a, you know a choice between one or the other, I'd go with the Lagunitas IPA. Has a little more of a crisp finish to it. This one is a little bit more dry. If you're into that sort of thing, then maybe you like this one more than their IPA. Um, but it's almost like like a, I get like a a powderiness almost in my mouth. It's almost yeah, like I get that with the IPA like, too, though. Yeah, but it's almost like so. Li- I'm not a crazy fan of that Lagunitas IPA. I, see, I like it. I like it, and and and, and this one it is. It's it's just too dry. And like you said, I'm not getting any sort of citrus notes coming from it. Um, you know, you get, you get the uh, the hop. Um, you know, it's a nice color. It's a nice golden color. Not too much head. I wish it had a little bit more carbonation to it. Um, There's the theme there. But you know, I, 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 if I if I was to rate this beer, I would say a six Ooh. because I would give the IPA a seven probably. So this one I would say is probably about just really about a, yeah, just about a six. That's pretty low for you, for a beer of this quality. Oh, it's, I mean, it's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it just really depends on your flavor profile, what you enjoy more. If you like something that's more dry, so I like something a little better. more. You um, gave it a six and a half. I would say that, I mean, they're different beers. They're different beers. <laughs> Trying to rationalize. No, they, they are. I mean, they're, they're completely different beers. That's a nice summertime by the beach beer. Taps. But if, if I'm, if I was to choose, you know the you know. I mean, this is better than a Pabst, yeah. I mean, it t- I mean, I mean, in terms of the different beers, if, if ones you a, ones are a, chilling by the pool on a 100 degree day, 
I think this might be a little too much, um, whereas the Pabst is more refreshing yeah. uh, and easier to drink. It goes down a little bit easier. Um, but I mean, I mean, it, the problem is with the Lagunitas, I'm, I'm comparing it to their other offering, and their other offering is something that I prefer more over this. Like, I wouldn't buy this if I have the IPA in front of me. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I kind of like it, though. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's got a nice... It's almost like a nice middle ground between, you know, a dry, overwhelming yeah. kind of IPA not, that I'm you really huge, like, but you wouldn't want to drink in I hot think it's weather. Because I'm not a huge fan of and, dryness. And, I don't like drying my beer. In a lighter, in a lighter pilsner or lager. It's almost mm. like a middle ground between those two. Yeah, I don't like that uh, dry. half. I've never been a fan of. I, yeah, I know just, it not, doesn't yeah. really. I mean, I like our half that we brewed. You, that's um, why there's like still like 30 bottles left. That might be true. <laughs> um, but I've never, I mean, if you need to put something in your beer to drink it, you know. Although you should probably bring some hefts over. I mean, after yeah, that, yeah. there's plenty of beer to go around tomorrow, but, um, you know, chilling by the pool. By the pool. I try to get Lauren to take yeah. some. I try to get our, my daughter to take some with her <laughs> over to her house to empty some of those out. Yeah. Except. The smaller bottles with that sort of Grolsch top. Uh, Those are no good. Yeah, the ones they, that they are, don't hold they the don't, carbonation. They don't hold the carbonation. But if you go with the you know the more traditional sort of cap, those are pretty good. Or the larger Grolsch bottles. But the twelve ounce Grolsch, the ones off of Amazon just didn't do the job. Yeah, I'll give this. I'm gonna give this. I give it a seven. I mean, it's a nice middle ground between something that's a little too bitter. Well, for most people, not for me, but a little bitter, might not want to drink it on a hot day, and something that's way too light. I mean, this is a nice, you can tell it's quality. You can tell that it's brewed with, you know, sophistication and expertise, but it just lacks a little something. I, I, just, I just wish it had a little more, I mean, you know, the dryness, but just some crispness. It's almost like like flat in the middle you know you get the hop you get that dry finish but in the middle it's just kind of it's a little boring there's like something in the middle there that i'm tasting it's just meh bland all right i don't know it's hard to explain but it's just maybe i'm just comparing it to their other offering and i'm just maybe. not as, as happy with it all right all right all right uh, <laughs> all right all right all right you know what i like about laganitas <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to watch that <laughs> Eventually, I'll get around to watching it. Ben. I get older, but like a ludus, like, like a, a ludus, <laughs> like a yeah. Too many taste shots. Taste the same tonight. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll finish off that bottle. You'll yeah, but it's good. Bottle. We'll it's finish good. off the six pack. I mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely it's good, but not what I expected. All right, so I'm going to give it a seven. Franny, you going to give it a six? I give it a six. Writing down just so, just so you don't forget when you post it on Twitter because yeah, you've, I gotta you've write forgotten it down. in the past I have, what I'm we like, rated. I'm texting Friday like what did what did we rate that? <laughs> uh, so I'm writing it down. Uh, so Friday, what else do you have to say about the Fourth of July? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe it's already the Fourth of July. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Ben, this year um, has been one to definitely forget. <laughs> it's 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 uh definitely hasn't been a, a normal year for us or for anybody out there listening you know around the world yeah i mean it's been pretty crazy i mean we, but we've been on this podcast now since november of 2018 we've been through two holiday seasons christmas hanukkah seasons we've been through 
uh, Jul- two July 4th. So we've been through St. Patrick's Day, Easter's, uh, Thanksgiving's. We've been through a lot of holidays, uh, two summers now on this show. So that's pretty impressive uh, on our part. We've been doing this coming up on two years in four short months. We will be at two years doing yeah. this show. I mean, this, this, this year has flown by. And it does not feel like it should be July 4th, uh, in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, with no hope of going anywhere, no hope of going on a trip, no hope yeah. of, you know, just going. That could be a whole other podcast yeah. that we could talk about on how this year has run its course. But everyone should just give some thought to, you know, how they feel about the holiday and how, you know, they're doing in their own life stay safe you know make sure they keep their family safe and all their loved ones safe uh because there's a lot of strange goings mm-hmm. on out there yeah. yeah all right friday what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben to finish up the show we have our housekeeping god this is depressing uh, i know day Another. Early, you're gonna have to wait at, like a little bit longer until the next podcast because the next one's gonna be on a saturday ben yeah, seven a more days <laughs> uh this is thirst and gold podcast we are a show about football Front football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Uh, you can listen to the show each and every single week on whatever podcatcher you have. Uh, you can subscribe and listen to past episodes from thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com. You can check out our show notes and get links to every story we cover. You can get links to all of the booze, the browns, the bourbons, the rice, the scotches that we review, as well as the beers. You get links to all the podcatchers, you know, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, CastBox, Pandora. We are on Pandora, folks, Spotify, and the rest. Uh, you can download and leave us a review. Please leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Find that review button and punch it and tell us how great we are. How many stars, Friday? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. You can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can call us at a number you can find down in our show notes. You can follow us on my mediocre and bland Twitter account. Uh, that's great. At- oh, we didn't go over the results. Oh, yeah. If you've stuck with us this long, yeah. <laughs> you can get, you can, if you stuck with us this long, please send us an email. We, we appreciate because we it. We will definitely send you a Thirsty Gold t-shirt. Ben, if you have been with us this long, pose the question early in the week. What is Dak Prescott's fair market value? 20 to 25 million, 26 to 30, 31, 35, 36 to 40. And the winner or the, well, the, the Much amount front that, most, chagrin. that most folks agreed with was between 31 and 35 million for Dak Prescott. What do you think, Ben? I think it should be lower. I, I would have, I can't vote on my own poll. I, <laughs> I would have voted on the, the 25 or 20 to 25 or tw- what is it? 20, I, I, 26 I, to 30. I'd probably I actually vote voted. On. That's where I voted. I voted 26 to 30. And I've mentioned that multiple times in the podcast that I think he's worth between 26 and 30. That's fair market value for Dak Prescott. What was the percentage on the, over, uh, uh the highest, the highest for number. 20 to 25, it was 30%. 26 to 30, it was 25%. 31, 35, it was 40%. That was the winner right there. And 36 to 40, there is actually 5% that actually 5% thought that he was 5% wanted worth. to make, but that, that tells you where his market value is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. By, at least by thirsting gold listeners who are around, some of the most intelligent in around the universe. 30 million, somewhere around there. All right. I don't agree with it. You can follow Franny on his Instagram account at Thirstand. And you can check out all the photography, the browns, the beers, 
the shots that we do. Franny's amazing photography he has a photography box in our studio that he goes and meticulously lays out uh, all of the all of the items that need to be uh, photographed for each and every episode. Yeah. And he does an amazing work. job of it. Uh, so please, please, please give him a shout out on the Instagram account as well as on our Twitter account where I make use of his photography. Uh, so thank you all so much, Ronnie. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and uh, happy Fourth of July, happy Independence Day to everybody listening in the U.S. But happy Saturday to everybody listening all over the world. Yes, thank you all so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>